Hey folks, it's Tomo, Sean, and Andrew from What's Going On Here. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. Thank you for joining us once again. My name is Tomo Lovrick, also known as T-Love in Finnish carpentry circles. And with me, as always, I have with me the sleek, the aerodynamic, the uh, young, the musical, the um, air traffic controlling-like young Mr. Sean Quigley, also known as the Quig in leaf collection circles. Uh, Mr. Quigley, how are you, sir? Um, very good. Um, very good indeed. Uh, leaf, you're right, the leaf collection circles are very big where I live. Um, I, uh, we collected a lot of leaves over the past uh, little while, and there shall be even more leaves where those did come from. Yes. This almost sounded like a line from like the Lord of the Rings and there was going to be a spell cast on me <laughs> shortly thereafter. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yes. It, 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 it's, uh, it does, there are a lot of similarities between the Lord of the Rings and where I live. Um, yes. what, some like, uh, you know, luscious green pastures, stony uh, rocks, a significant lack of black people. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying is your town might be a little bit uh, racist. Uh, mythical. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Mega. It, very good. It is. Although, no, to be fair, they're trying to be very good. And it's like, and, and I'm happy. I keep saying it all the time. And I feel like it makes people feel awkward because they don't uh -huh. realize what I'm, but like, it's weird for me because I'm not used to that. And uh, right. it, it, but they, <laughs> they recently had, we were just list, listening the other day. They're trying very hard in my town. They had a, um, like a town uh, Zoom meeting to talk about what they can do to try and diversify and like work towards uh you know improving uh, your biases or all the things that you know you hear sure uh, we're trying to do right now which obviously is, is amazing um <laughs> but you log in and it's like 34 old white ex-librarians <laughs> oh, and, and, and the one black guy in town who's just like, dude, who they keep going back to like every segment they're like um and they're and uh, so um why do you think about that then eric uh, <laughs> are we uh, can we can we can we try that you got any more ideas or <laughs> Can we use that word? No, you can't use that word, man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Nice. And with us, as always, we have the third leg of this show, our youthful tripod, if you will. The man that makes our show about 33% watchable, whereas we weren't before. Uh, young Mr. Andrew Albagies, also known as AA in camera tripod uh, manufacturing circles. Uh, how are you, sir? What's going on, Andrew? I'm good. I'm good. Just, uh, you know, despite everything happening this year, there are so many people that still want their cameras stabilized and there's nothing like a three-legged tripod uh, for that. You know, they've, they've tried other things, but uh, tried and true. And you know what? People keep buying them. And so business is great. Um, and we're just, we're just pleased to be able to offer this honest service to, to folks. And I'm personally pleased that for the first time in three or four podcasts now, I think I came up with a good fucking response to your your intro this time so there it is i'm back baby Ooh, you're back we're very proud of you <laughs> it's the little victories this year folks it's the little victories so for those of you that don't know what we do at our show is we um find a subject that is of interest in the popular culture zeitgeist and we try to break it down and figure out what's going on here today's episode is very specific because today we are covering the new borat movie or as it's officially called the Borat subsequent movie film, Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit One's Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Or, if I should say correctly, Borat subsequent movie film, Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit One Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Very nice. Very nice. I like. There will be a lot of obnoxious <laughs> Borat imitations in this episode. I see it already. And now the other part of our show that we love to do is we like to review adult beverages of all sorts. Uh, we're mostly beer heavy, but lately we've been delving into spirits. If you listen to our last podcast, we reviewed um, Dewar's whiskey, which was a very nice smooth whiskey. And today, because Borat is um, <clears throat> always seems to peel back the cover, if you will, the duvet of America, to reveal what's underneath, we decided to go with the most American drink we could think of. And is there really anything more American than bourbon? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So we found a bourbon to try. And today we are going to sample Elijah Craig 1789 small batch straight Kentucky bourbon whiskey. This is a 94 proof or 47% alcohol by volume bourbon. It is first to char, aged in first to char oak barrels, okay? It's made in true small batches for balance and smoothness. And this um, bourbon is distilled and bottled by the Elijah Craig Distillery Company from Bardstown, Kentucky. Oh baby. It has an absolutely gorgeous amber color. I like the bottle, and I like the fact that it has a cork in there. It's very kind of schnazzy. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and I will say it's not – it's a reason, It's a very reasonably priced bourbon. This isn't, this isn't a, a bank breaker by any stretch of the imagination. So, gents, I think uh, what we need to do is give the crowd what they listen for and the opening and pouring of our beverage, shall we? Right. I'm going to grab my glass. Oh, yeah, go, go get your glass. I'm going to see if the cork makes it. No. Sean, any luck on the, noise, on the noisy cork? Anything? No. 
the cork opens up very smoothly, not much of a sound. Well, let's see if we can get some glugs here. All right, here we go. I'm having my first sips of it neat. I've never had this, full disclosure. And like I said, this is just a gorgeous looking bourbon. All right, folks. <clears throat> I'm going to try my neat later, and then I have my giant ice cube for the next uh, uh, pour. All right. Gents, cheers, gents. Where's Sean going? Oh, for a second, I thought he was getting naked. I didn't know what was happening. All right, cheers. Okay. Okay. This is this is a, it has a very nice flavor, um, but it is a bit on the harsher side. It's not as smooth as a Dewar's. Never entered this bourbon and not um, whiskey or scotch. Yeah, but, well, and that Dewar's too is uh, like an eighty proof. This is ninety four. Mm -hmm. This is true. Yeah, this is a stronger batch, but it is nice. It is. Oh, 47, yeah. It's very rich. Very nice flavor. Great flavor. Yeah, very nice yeah. flavor. I like the, the after, like the aftertaste is, is, is quite smooth and it's quite sort of vanilla-y, caramelly. It's quite sweet. I like that. <clears throat> the, the first taste, it like brought me like right back to being a teenager <laughs> trying yes trying to swig jack daniels like slash and being violently sick <laughs> and, I, and i've not had bourbon since, since i was a teenager getting sick from jack daniels and because just the taste of jack daniels like I haven't had Jack Daniels. Yet. I haven't even had like, you know, Jack Daniels flavored like barbecue sauce or anything. Cause just the taste of Jack Daniels brings me yeah. back to those, yes. you know, when there's a taste that you associate the, the with the smell really associated with it. Yeah. And so I've not had bourbon at all. So I was like, well, we'll see what this is like. And I'm smelling it. I'm like, mm. and then when I tasted it, the first sip was like, that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But afterwards I, it's not, it was different no, on the back yes. end, but the, yes. the first sip was very similar to, Jack Daniels. Yes, the, like you said, like and like you pointed out, Andrew, the um, ninety-four proof kind of took me a little. It's like, ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it definitely has got like a good bite when you first. It definitely has the bite, but um, it does. Have but it's a, got a very smooth finish. Yeah, very know? smooth. Yeah. Um, and I, you guys know this, and if people are regular listeners, or listeners of the podcast, they may know this. I probably mentioned it once or so when we were. What did we do when we did uh, Tiger King, and I was drinking my wild turkey. And yeah. I'm a, a big bourbon fan. Um, yeah. And I've tried quite a few bourbons, but believe it or not, I've literally never tried Elijah Craig before this. Mm -hmm. um, other than I, I did take a, I snuck a swig before we started today. But um, other than that, no, I've never had it before. And I'm, I'm very pleased with it. And I'm excited to be drinking some bourbon tonight. Yeah. I, you know what? Like I said, even like now after like two or three sips, it's already easier. It was mm -hmm. first, I think it's that extra proofage there the extra alcohol that kind of like whoa kind of takes you aback a little bit because you're not ready for it because um 
I guess because of the tannins from the oak barrels or whatever, you know, that, that, that's that extra thing. Cause like when I was in college, like drinking 151 was really nothing to me. I didn't think anything of it. Like yeah. 151, you know, it's just like, that's just stupid. It's like, who drinks that unless you're like looking for a death wish, but that was, you know, me. Um, but the finish is really nice. And I, I mentioned this to the guys earlier. You might hear some um, crunchy sounds because I have some Toblerones for like candy for tomorrow because the nephews are coming over. We're carving. And I can tell you from experience, chocolate and like bourbon or whiskey go really well together in case you've never done it. They go really that's, well together. That's the craziest pronunciation of Toblerone I've ever heard. Toblerone? What did you say? You said like Toblerone. Toblerone, yeah. Toblerone. <laughs> Wait, how is it? How are you supposed to say it? I mean, it's, it's Swiss, Swiss. So, so it's probably Toblerone. So yeah, what it, it, as pretentious as possible? Yes, is sounds right. Best. But yeah, I've never, also, I've, this I've, is I've, Nestle, so this is also Swiss. So yes, crunch. <laughs> 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 but relating to your story about the Jack Daniels, I had a, a well, <clears throat> a friend of mine that I used to work with, Brian, we all called him the goat. He had his, his similar experiences with tequila, which he still to this day cannot drink because when they were in college, somebody was doing tequila and somebody was trying to do, start, to, there was somebody who was trying to start a barbecue or something. And they were already really lit. And somebody put tons of lighter fluid all yep, over the place. You doing a shot. Yeah. And apparently the whole thing kind of, he didn't see that somebody had already put a ton of lighter fluid on the coals. And he put a ton of lighter fluid on the coals and he lit it. And this whole thing went right after he did a shot of tequila. And so said, he said, now every time anyone like, like tequila is in front of his face, he just gets the taste of lighter fluid in his mouth and he starts to like, like dry heaving. He like, he can't do it because the, the, the smell, what you were saying is so intense that it's just like, ah, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. So. And it's science. I mean, that's some real science. I was listening to someone talk about that recently on uh, NPR. It, uh, there's so, so much of our brain is tied into. Olfactory. Our our taste and smell, mm -hmm. especially taste and smell, more than hearing and sight, taste and smell, mm -hmm. because it's your most base instinct. Like, I guess, like, if you can't see or you can't hear, like, this sense of, like, this is dangerous, something bad happened, like, it just, like, sticks in your brain. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And my first Toblerone was done. Oh, yeah. With the bourbon, that is some nice stuff. My, my Toblerone. I will pronounce it like I'm back in Croatia. Uh, so, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> very nice. High five. High five. Nice segue into Borat. Are you in Sunday? So, so yeah, let's talk about Borat. We all watch Borat. A Borat. It's unfortunately, it's not creating. I don't think the buzz that the last one did. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that it's not in the theaters. Yeah. And there's so much else going on right now that it's yeah. just one little thing that happened in the whole sphere of the world we yeah. live in today. Yeah. Um, 
But I've seen I've seen quite a bit about it in the last. Well, we're we're recording this on a Friday, I believe. Correct. Uh-oh. Came out last Uh-oh. Friday, right? Uh, sorry, you yeah. froze up a little bit. For me, yeah. at oh, least. I lose you guys. Came out last Friday. Yeah, you, it came out last Friday. It was like so. It's like a week ago. Yeah, so from yeah. now, from now. Um, from today, but, yeah, we're recording today. We're recording. This is the Friday before Election Day in the U.S. So. Um, uh, election day in the U.S. is November third. And for those of you listening after that, the U.S. is a country that uh... <laughs> you still <laughs> exist. <laughs> U.S. of A. It's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. Um, okay. Yeah, exactly. But after well, you know the what? the revolution that ensued. Uh, and the uprising and the militias that took to the street and the great separation. You know was... what? I will, I will endeavor to have this episode out before election day, just so that it's like very timely and people can hear about Borat. And very nice. I likes. I sell my daughter $500 for a daughter. Yes, you are my best friend. <laughs> you, so, should, and, you should be in Borat. Really sure. I, I I should totally be one of his brothers. You make me so. Yeah. I changed my name to Jeffrey Epstein. Thank you. Yeah. No, but yeah, you're perfect for it. You'd be you'd be you'd be like you'd be like the butcher in the village. <laughs> no, I want to be the guy who's taking the temperature in the mouth. Oh and God. Yes. <laughs> I, I will. I will say this. Just like with the first one. I'm not that big a fan of cringe humor. Mm-hmm. Like when it happens organically, it's funny and both people are surprised. But when one party is planning it and the other party is unaware, it's like <clears throat> my base instinct is like, don't do that. That's, that's messed up. That's like, it's a little bit almost like bullying. You know what I mean? Even though he's not forcing anybody to do anything, but it's a little bit like you're kind of leading people down a primrose path. So I, I still, there were still parts of it that were so cringeworthy that I still laughed my head off because I couldn't believe that they were doing it. And I will say off the bat, the actress, and I forget her name, I should have looked that up before we started, I guess, um, who played his daughter and was supposed to be 15 years old and she's actually a 24 year old actress. She was the star of the movie, more or less. She was amazing, yeah. She was, she was fantastic in, in the movie. And so the movie starts off with Borat. It talks about basically having the first Borat movie, which came out, what, 15 years ago? Is it? Yeah, it was 2006. Oh, okay, okay. So 14 years ago. 14 years so, ago. Uh, so um, he talks about how he sh- basically put Kazakhstan to shame. And because Kazakhstan was shamed because of his bungling in the first movie, he got sentenced to prison. And then the premier basically let him go to deliver a present to Mike Pence. And it was supposed to be like a Kazakh monkey that does a TV show. I forget what the monkey's name was. And he came home and his sons were all ashamed of him. And the one son's name was, was it Jeffrey Dahmer that he said? And he was so embarrassed that he changed his name to like Jeffrey Epstein instead. Or was it something else? Or was it somebody else? It was some other scandal. Yeah. And um, so his sons reject him. His wife doesn't want to talk to him. And he finds out he has a daughter. And there's this whole, like, sub-genre that in Kazakhstan, they keep their women in cages. 
and then they ship him off to whoever's to be married and whatever. And he sees his 15-year-old daughter, and it's this actress. <clears throat> and uh, he says, you must be the oldest unmarried woman in Kazakhstan. And she's 15, which is just so stupid. <laughs> which is, this is what I'm having... Being somebody who comes from, you know, a third world country and sees shit like this, these are things that you laugh at and at the same time infuriates you because you get stupid people that comes like, oh, is it true that all the girls like get married by the time they're 12? No, it's not, not, not at all. It was a fucking joke, you moron. So I can see where the Kazaki people will really just like, if they ever see Sasha Baron Cohen, they will, you know, put his testicles in a vice he gets it's so it's so funny to me because it's so at its heart it's so british in that like this british people have been doing this i mean for ever but certainly like just belittling other countries for our own amusement whether it's like colonizing them or just making a film like it's so like if it was america if he was an american comic or it was fully american thing then there would be more there would be like a darker edge to it like it would be a little bit more like there would almost be like an international like oh you can't you know like remember when seth rogan did the movie about north korea and it was like the huge thing the second america starts poking fun at a country like it's a big thing like a british guy does it and it's kind of like i'm i'm british because then he just has to go on a show and he's like um you know like blah 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 i went to oxford university and everyone's just <laughs> yeah, like yeah. and they're like oh he he knows what he's doing it's fine he's like <laughs> right yeah. yeah well it's interesting uh, my wife and i just watched literally minutes before uh it was something online about Sasha Baron Cohen and how he approached the whole thing and how he's a traditional clown. And they broke down ah. when the clown started and they, you know, they showed, uh, the, they talked about the whole Commedia dell'arte from Italy and it started in, during the Renaissance and um, Shakespeare picked up on it. And then it broke down because Sasha Baron Cohen went to this very, uh, I guess, prestigious uh, um, performing arts school in Paris that's known for its basically clown school. Oh, and like Jacques, Jacques Lecoq? Yeah, right, 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 exactly. In the vein of Jacques Lecoq. And, um, and the whole idea was basically that the clown is not necessarily somebody that's mean or tries, the clown is stupid himself or herself. And because of that stupidity is able to insinuate him or herself amongst the powerful and the rich without ever causing any kind of offense. And by playing stupid, you basically go and elicit uh, these, these responses from people because they were basically talking about like how he started with Ali G and um, he was uh, uh, basically getting all these like upper crust British royalty and, and nobility and you know, from the House of Lords that tried to get in touch with the common youth and they would say stupid shit, and he was just like, right, what if we do it that way? And they were like, well, I could see you do it. And not just with the British, he'd come to the U.S. and do it like with these politicians and get them to admit stuff or say shit that you're just like, what the hell is going on here? And um, so, like, the whole point was basically that 
the clown is almost a little bit like your Jiminy Cricket, right? Like in Disney. The clown is the conscience. And it's just basically opening a pathway for you to either uh, say what you feel or to come up with something very insightful. Hmm. Hmm. And, and basically that's, that's the background for Borat. And they were basically showing how he, with the Ali G show, with all the characters he did, he did, and Bruno, and they were, t- you know, covering all the things with Bruno. Like one of them was, um, as Bruno, he was covering a um, fashion show, some fancy fashion show. And some woman, I don't know who she is, some designer, she literally made a line of clothing like Derelict from uh, Zoolander. And it was literally, I think it was called like White Trash Line or something like that. And so he, like, he said, like, so do you think... Uh, as Bruno, he was like, do you think uh, these uh, white trashers will be able to buy your clothes? And she was like, no, I don't think they can afford them. And he was like, oh, yeah, because <laughs> they're so poor. And, it was like that. and she was like, yeah, no, they can't afford that. And it was just like basically just pointing out all these just ridiculous views that people it's, have about society and life and all these things. And it, It's interesting. It, it's funny. It, it, I can see what he says about the clown stuff. Like Borat, what he's doing, it's, it, it's, there's, there's roots in clown, but it's not, it's, it's weird. He's like treads between, it's clown and it's satire in right. a very British way that's not clown. Because the cl- true, cl- we studied clown at drama school. Right. Uh, and it was the most infuriating class because no one could ever <laughs> figure it out. And we didn't realize until the end of the course that basically the whole point of why we were so infuriated and why we can never get it right is the teacher's whole point is that that is the clown. Like you don't get it right ever. There's no getting it right. It's constantly striving to try and get somewhere and never getting there. So we spent the whole year of like every time you'd get up and you do something and you, all you'd have to do is you'd put a clown nose on and he'd have you do something. He's like, go do a, do something they were like go sit on that chair and then you'd go and do it and uh and then he'd be like hmm yes and and he'd be like very good perfect sit down <laughs> and then he'd pick on someone else and he'd say you go do that and you go do it and you try and do basically the same thing but maybe a little different and he'd go no no that's not clown that's something else. <laughs> that was his catchphrase. His catchphrase was, that's not clown. That's something else. And that was basically the class. Just getting shouted at by this man. And, and then people looking, conf- and then people like, what? I'm confused. And then we realized afterwards that basically the whole point is it is like when you're shouting it. And then the look of the actor with like the nose on being like, what did I do wrong? I don't get it. He's like, no, do something else. And then they'd try and do that. And he'd be like, no. <laughs> and he'd be like, uh-huh. And they're like, that was clown. Like, it's, you're not judging. Like, a, the clown is non-judgmental. He doesn't judge anyone. He right. doesn't status. He's just trying to fit in. And he's trying to just, you know, just go a lot. Like Charlie Chaplin, the classic. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who's trying to fit in in the environment. And, but he doesn't judge anyone. Like he's right. completely unjudgmental, whereas Borat, on the other hand, is like, he is a man who is very well aware of the dumb idiots he's speaking to, and yes. the audience is very aware that he's aware, but they're not aware. So he's kind of t- he's like 
it's like an inverted clown at times. It's very Bora as a character, right? That character is not aware. So in that sense, he is kind of like the clown. Yes, Bora, the character true. is in not innocent, but in the so way. So if we didn't know, right? right? If if we didn't know. The, but the we know that's story. yeah that's the thing with that's the thing with these movies is like the movies are almost like threefold of like complete fiction or like the in-between that is kind of like what's really happening which is like some of it's some of it's scripted and some of it's actually happening and then the third fold being like real life and it's like this weird blend of all of them and i even like in watching it so i watched it last night um was having moments where I'm like, I, I don't understand which, I don't understand which parts are scripted and which parts aren't. And there are parts that I don't think are scripted, but I really wished they were, but I'm sure they're not. Um, but that's, yeah. I mean, speaking from doing improv and things like that, and, and kind of like with, with, with the multiverse series, right? I think it's a little bit like pro wrestling. Like, look, this is what needs to happen in the beginning, and this is what needs to happen at the end. Yeah. I'm telling you what's written in between. You just go with it. And whatever comes out, comes out. And I think in terms of Borat the movie, I think the interactions between him and his daughter, that was kind of like script, semi-scripted, I'm guessing. Right, right. I'm guessing they just kind of just riffed and improved off of each other. Right. And... What happened with people is what happened with people. Now, that being said, the movie is heavily edited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know whether there were multiple takes. We don't know whether they tried to go back. And I mean, because a lot of that, and, and my wife, we watched it last night too, and my wife was even saying- My wife. My, my wife, she likes, yeah, she don't like. She don't like Borat very much. She, she liked Borat and Cage better. Um, Afterwards, I go and me and my wife have a uh, uh, sexy time until sexy, sexy time. time. <laughs> but um, it, it was one of those things. It's it, it was basically um, you you couldn't really you, you couldn't really watch it. Like I said, like I was saying earlier, his uh, um, it's cr it's more cringeworthy because he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. If this was just like a complete improv and he just went up to people, it's a little bit like on The Daily Show when they have, I don't know if you ever see uh, Jordan Klepper. He had a show for a while on his own and he goes he goes out to all the like Trump rallies and he interviews people. And, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, that's a little bit, that's kind of like what Borat does, but his is completely like, I don't know what these people are going to say. I'm just going to ask them questions. And on one of the recent ones, it was just like last week, I think. They went to, he went to a rally, and a dude said he's never done better business-wise than since Trump has been in office. And he said, well, what do you do? And he said, I'm a debt collector. And Jordan Klepper literally, like, doubled over laughing, like, hysterically, like, okay, all right, yeah, I, I see why you think this is, like, a great economy, because your business has tripled, because, you know, COVID came and whatever else. So, um that's where that's where my prop my problem even with the first Borat film was there. It's like if he just went out there and he just hung hanged out with you know hung out with people and just like this stuff is like okay, but he kind of which he does, but he, at the same time he's just kind of like just 
urging them to be bad. He's yeah, yeah. on your shoulder. He's like, oh, you want to talk about Jew? Let's talk about Jew. Right, right. And he, <laughs> and he definitely, um, I mean, he goes to the right people to get the right reactions or, or it's edited well enough. I mean, how many, how many people do you think he talked to when filming this that is not in the movie? You know what I mean? And what do they keep that they don't keep? Um, but on your note about it being cringeworthy, I, I feel like it makes it more cringeworthy. Like you were saying before, Sean, that like we're all kind of in on it. Like if it were just a fictional movie with this stuff happening, you'd be like, oh, I don't know. Like parts of it are hilarious. They really, like, right. movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. parts of it are fucking hilarious. But um, there are other moments that are like, like you said, just like cringeworthy humor. If it was just a fictional movie, they would be cringeworthy moments. But right. knowing that not only is it a cringeworthy moment, but it actually happened in real life. And the reactions you're seeing from these people are real life reactions who didn't know they were part of a movie makes it all the more cringeworthy. Well, I mean, that, that's the other thing to point out to people. And obviously we're gonna have to, when we put it out on, on, on social media, we're gonna have to warn people that this is a lot of spoiler alerts here for the movie, not to listen oh, to yeah. until they see the movie. But it's interesting because at the end, if you look at the credits, they list basically all the people that show up in the movie, right? Because for legal reasons, they have to get their approval. So after they shoot all the footage, they basically have to be like, listen, we're doing a movie. Are you okay with this? Because like when he was at the um, rally where he was looking for Tutar, his daughter, there was a lot of faces that were blurred out, including a couple that were like Zeke Heiling, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you don't want it to be on camera? Then maybe you shouldn't be Zeke Heiling, you stupid shit. But, you know, it's like, but the face was blurred out. So, um but I have to, I have to wonder how, how do they approach these people? Because it blows my mind how few people's faces are blurred out in this movie. And I know that, so there was, I don't know if you guys saw any of the news and the coverage about the, um, the woman who was the, the babysitter that babysits his daughter. I don't know if right. you saw much about that, but she had kind of spoken out saying she felt like, uh, betrayed or something because she was told she was part of like a documentary film crew and she really thought this was a real girl and she said she was like worried about her for weeks and was like praying for it she was worried that her father was like gonna sell her away and blah 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 um so I'm like so it legally how can they get people to um like sign a release to be in the film but then at the same time like this woman had no idea she was in this film well i'm sure yeah. they just don't read the i'm sure they don't read the release right who does i'm sure the release says in it like it covers right. all the legal bases they just don't they tell them one thing and they say yeah. sign the release and they just sign it <laughs> that, that right is. this is right you you can and and in all of these things it's like and sean because you recently went through it like buying a house they give you a freaking 50 page thing that says like, oh, read this. And it's written in the most convoluted legalese, which basically all of it basically says, we are covering our ass in case anything happens to you or in case you think that you're gonna get more money out of us because fuck you, no you're not. So we're covering our ass and it's literally 10 pages in 
different variations of we are covering our ass. You cannot sue us. We are covering our ass. You cannot sue us. We are covering our ass. By the way, you're going to be in a Borat movie. We are not, we are covering our ass. You cannot sue us. We are covering our ass. And that little, and it, the print is fun. It's literally like you're reading, like prepping for an exam, you know, to, to like an SAT or something. You're just like, I, I can't read all of this shit. Okay. I'm okay with it. And you know, you have a lawyer on your side, they have a lawyer on their side and your lawyer is also like, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You just sign it. You'll be okay. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I, and the probably the big crowd scenes like the, the the like the rally style thing, I imagine there was probably just a poster up saying like by entering in here you're consenting to filming, and right, then that's right. all you need to do. And then the people that are blurred out are probably the people that actively, after the fact, said, "I don't want." No, and then they right. them out. Or or they didn't even approach them to get it because there was one guy in particular when he started singing, they kept on cutting back to him. And if you like watch the movie, he'd go like, yeah, and yeah, yeah. same yeah reaction. And I think they had him like three or four times where he was like, yeah. And I was like, mm, he didn't react that way at the same time. They just used him. You know, it's, it's, it's like when you're extra on one of these sets, if your hand is in there or whatever. Um, I've done the, uh, 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 what's it? Uh, uh, crap, what's the TV show? Oh, Mysteries at the Museum. And I've seen like my hand in episodes that had nothing to do with what I was there with. Like literally, like I see like my, my hands and like my gloves. And I'm the just, Michael Jackson story. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> like completely off of, and just like freaking out. And like my wife walks in, she's like, what's the matter? I was like, that's, that's what, those are my hands. I remember cause it was cold as ass that day. And they asked me to stick my hands in a freaking little stream over there. And they just use it. Whatever footage they have, once they have it, if they can use it and put it in the edit, they will use it. They don't, they don't particularly care. So, yeah. But anyway, so, so back to the plot, let's, let's go over the plot before we like get any further into discussion. So Borat is basically brought before the premier of Kazakhstan and told that he will be forgiven if he delivers this monkey to Michael Pence. Michael Pence. Michael Pence. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which <laughs> we'll get to that later. Cause that one in of itself was like, so just hilarious. Um, and so they bore, so Boris is like, I just have to deliver this. And it's great. It's like, great. Yes. And in the capital, they basically give him an injection to kind of immunize him against anything. Right. And then they send him off. He goes home. His sons reject him. The one son is gypsy just- tears. That's right, gypsy tears. That's what it was. <laughs> An injection of gypsy tears. <laughs> His brown liquid. <laughs> Listen, you cannot appreciate how racist that is unless you're from Eastern Europe. You just cannot appreciate the racism of that. The casual racism of that in Borat is so bad. It's literally if he was dropping N bombs all movie long, that's how bad that was, okay? Anyway. Um, <laughs> You can get away with that in in England. That's one of the reasons I think the gypsies, like from the original Borat, like that's like one of the most accepted like racist things. I mean, probably anyway, but certainly in the UK, like the majority of people in Britain will outwardly speak against gypsies and have no problem with it. No, 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 no problem. Like, like in the 80s when you were a kid, uh, they would speak about Packies. 
back in the UK. It's like, oh, fucking packies. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it is kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing. It's, it, it is. It's very... Um, and I think the main reason is, unlike other groups like Pakistani or Indian, is that it's so fully ingratiated now right. in the UK that that's when it gets weird. It's like, wait a second. These people are my... You know, like, these are in my class. They've been here for generations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, it's, when it's the, like, the neighbours down the road who've just moved who've just immigrated here and we don't know them that's when that stuff happens but then two three generations down the line you're like we've known this family my whole life like it's it this is weird but gypsies they're like no gypsies no 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 no, no. <laughs> there's no one there's no one who knows any gypsies this though. is this is this is this is a conversation i have with my wife earlier this week talking about the whole trump election what if trump loses do we want to leave the country and i said well why don't we just like move to dorset where you grow up in weymouth down there. And she's like, oh, to Britain? And I said, yeah. Oh, so I could, and for those people that don't know, my wife is biracial. <laughs> she says to me, I almost crashed the car because I was laughing so hard. She's like, oh, so we can move in there and all I can hear is like, oh, you're such a pretty color. And I <laughs> was just about to crash my car laughing. <laughs> this like casual <laughs> British racism <laughs> that happened in town. And I was like, yeah, because that's, that's what people are because they don't think when they talk. They just don't. People are awful. Oh, yeah. I, the, yeah, that's very British. <laughs> yeah. you, you just get someone to be like, oh, I love your hair. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you thank you that's very nice yeah anyway so Bora uh is going to america so he goes to america he's expecting the shipment he picks up the monkey it's in a trailer it's in a box he opens up the box and there's a guy opening the box for him and in the box is his daughter with like supposedly dried blood around her mouth <laughs> and she ate the monkey while in transit <laughs> which is so stupid on so many levels as somebody with a degree in biology it would have been the reverse like a day and a half into the trip that monkey would have eaten her she would not have eaten the monkey but this monkey's like a journalist Yes, that's right that's right he's yes. an actor right <laughs> yeah yes, an adult yes. film an adult film star <laughs> was he an adult film star too? I forget. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't that what it was insinuated when they showed his movie that it was like a oh, porno? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 our first U.S. victim, besides the guy who opens up the crate, Borat goes to a, a, a photocopy place, like a Kinkos, but it's like a small business owner, and he goes there to fax mind you, uh, uh, a letter to the premier to tell him that the monkey's dead. And... Um, this poor guy. And this poor guy. And he, he said something. And he made either some anti-Semitic or anti-Gypsy remarks. So like, like, kill all the gypsies, high five. And, and the dude high fives him. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's so hor Socially speaking, it's so horrible because they just paint broad brush strokes on these people and i'm like he probably didn't even understand half the stuff coming out of the guy's mouth right right so I looked at him because they were in the south because i think they were like were they in galveston texas or something like that i think so that's where he 
what it, yeah. at least you're led to believe that, right? Right. And um, this is why they don't ever do this in New York. Right? Yeah. This is yeah. why Borat would not work in. Well, right. he w- he was in New York in the original at the beginning, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. that was that was different. That was just him being being like. Well, well he was brand new like, on the scene. Yeah. He, he was brand new on the scene. It's it's you know like any of these movies like uh, uh, when Mark Hamill talks about when he first did Star Wars and he said he'd walk around forever until the movie came out and then it was like what the hell and he said when he even got the script it was like the goofiest thing he ever read and then you know look at it two years later even what it was it was yeah yeah it's just one of those things but they even show it in the beginning he tries to go walk around the U.S. and everybody's recognizing him because you know not only is Borat very distinctive looking Sasha Baron Cohen is really tall He's like 6'5 or 6'6 or something like that. He's like crazy tall. So, of course, people like, and, and of course, you're walking down the street and some random dude is in the shorts. He's like, Barat, I like. So he's like, no, I'm not Barat. <laughs> that in and of itself was hilarious because guys running after him and they had guys like, oh, can you, I give you a dollar if you just say I like. So he's like, no, I'm not Barat. And he's running down the street in underwear. It's like, I, I do think I liked, I think it was a clever way of, um, making that work within the world of the film while also working in real life without it, with it still feeling like weirdly organic. I thought he yes. did a really good job with that. Yeah, no, no he, he did great with all the disguises. It was perfect. Yeah. And I mean, it really helps that he's, <laughs> he's, he's really good with the accents. Cause when he first started that sing along at the rally, yeah, he did a Southern accent and he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, so Borat goes to the uh, fax guy, and, if, and of course he sends a number, and he gets, the guy gets a number back. He says, like, if you don't deliver, we kill you. It's like, oh, man. So Borat somehow talks his uh, um, premier into letting him gift his daughter to Michael Pence as a gift. So then the first thing they have to do is because it's his daughter is find her a cage and she's all excited to have a cage of her own, which is just stupid in and of itself. So they go to, I think it was like a barnyard in like livestock place where he was by the cage. And then he was of course doing the whole, um, will this gas cylinder be enough to kill like 12 gypsies in a room and shit like that. And it was just, <laughs> just awful. And the guy was like, Without batting the island, he was like, "Sure." You know. <laughs> the best was the best part of that was with the, the when he brought his daughter and he was with this guy looking at the cages and there was like the big like the nice one and she was like he was like how much and they told him like nine hundred dollars whatever and he's like no no too much and then she's like daddy like please and he's like oh te- daughters they teenagers. Like, teenagers like teenagers. Like, <laughs> like a dad like a dad buying his his 16 year old a new car and the guy's just like uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> yeah exactly and he's got like a a nissan whatever it was s2000 pickup truck that he's pulling a trailer that he sleeps in and then the cage is attached to it somehow inside um, so he buys the cage, she sleeps in the cage, and mind you, the daughter has crazy wild hair, she's got a little thin mustache that they have on, like, her upper lip, um, she's a mess, she looks like, she literally just, like, 
slept in the subway for three months and and this is her and so he says okay you're be gift and she's all excited that she's gonna be gift because that's the other thing oh this is great they show the cartoon that she's watching when she's in when she's in kazakhstan in her cage, in kazakhstan she's yes. watching on a little tv like a disney princess movie Yes, and it's Donald and Melania. And this is, I don't know who the fuck did the animation on this. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant with Donald getting a boner. And Melania, they basically did Cinderella, but with Donald and Melania. And that's her aspiration in life is to be the next Melania. Because she's from Slovenia, and that's close enough. And it's like, you know, no, it's literally a continent away. Slovenia is nowhere near fucking Kazakhstan. But okay. It's for American audiences. They're stupid. They don't know geography anyway. So, um, where is it? Oh, so then um, they're in the U.S. and they say, we're going to do, I'm going to make you into a pretty thing. And they literally take her to an Instagram influencer. And her name was like Macy Chanel or something like that. And we're watching this part. I think it was Macy Chanel, C-H-A-N-E-L. I don't know if you want to hit that up while, while we're, we're yapping here, um, Andrew. Um, and she's telling her how to be a sugar baby. And she's like, sugar baby? And the actress says, I can open beer bottle with my uh, vagine. <laughs> or was it like the, the anus? I, I didn't get which one. But she literally sticks a bottle up there. And the girl, she's like, no, you see, that's exactly, you You should never do that in company again. Because <laughs> she opens up a bottle. And as this girl is telling her how to behave, and she's saying, um, you have to be submissive, you have to be whatever the guy wants you to be, uh, how old are you looking for? And she says, near death. She says, okay, you're going to want somebody who already had a heart attack. And she's coaching her on this. And my wife is watching, she was like, is this girl for real? And so I, of course I go online, I'm on my phone and I look it up and I'm like, yep, she's an Instagram influencer. She's literally has an account and tons of followers. And we're both sitting there shaking our heads like, wow, this is, I cannot believe this is a thing. But that being said, she's an Instagram influencer. She's probably so excited to be in the Borat movie. So I just, I was just looking her up while you were uh -huh. talking and the first thing i found was an article saying that she accuses sasha baron cohen of misleading her and i'm just glancing through it i haven't read it in specifics but it looks like she's saying she knew she was working with an actress like she wasn't completely duped like some of these folks uh -huh. um but she was Which... led to believe it was like a netflix show and she's i think what i'm gathering from it just from glancing at this article she feels like she was playing a character and now in the movie they're saying that's how she is in real life and people think she's like an idiot but she was like no no, no that's not really me i was i thought i was in a netflix show and, and you know but who knows and you know what to be fair to her to be fair to macy we all know what these quote-unquote reality shows are and we've talked about it enough on, on the show, and Sean has brought up Big Brother enough uh, uh, in the UK where it's a boring fucking season, and then they go and get like 600 pounds worth of liquor, and it's like, oh, let's have a party and see what happens. And it's just like, let's just create bad shit. 
half of the reality shows are, I should say, probably 90% of the reality shows are scripted. People who think they're not are just out of their minds. They're just like, this is what's supposed to happen. Make shit up. Just go. It's like wrestling. It's, we know what happens at the start. We know what happens at the end. Make shit up in the middle and off you go. And so if she's saying that she was onto it, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. Well, but not that she was, she says she was duped. Like, so she was, she was led to believe that it was a scripted thing and she was like in character, but she said she didn't read the fine print. Um, and yeah, so who knows? Yeah, but. well, you know what? Yeah. I, 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 again, to me, that's one of those like, all right, I'll, I'll take her word for it, but I mean, it's not going to do her any bad press. I don't no, see why no. she would care. No. Yeah, and then what's the this? And then I looked from there. I actually pulled up her Instagram, and the second thing on her Instagram, which she posted, I don't know, six days ago, is a clip from the the clip of her from the movie. Right. Thing. Exactly. High five. You're right. Exactly. I was like, so, she's definitely riding the wave from it. Absolutely. I mean, because it's uh, the the only reason you even have that article is because how many people are going to pay her to do an interview about how she was duped yeah, yeah. by Sasha Brown Cohen versus how many people are going to pay you to do an interview talking about how I'm in the Borat movie and it was great. Yes, like, exactly. Everyone want you want controversy, Chris Cash. It's like, oh, exactly. I was duped, I was duped. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, so Tutar, which is the name of Borat's daughter, um, and we found out in the movie that Borat's middle name is Margaret. I, I don't know why, but that's what his middle name is. Um, so now she had a talking to on how to make herself presentable to be a sugar baby, Tutar. Um, then Borat takes her to get her hair done. And this is one of those which I was just like, oh, my God. And they take her into her salon. And he says, I want her to be like, um, and it was just something very misogynistic, either like Playboy or like, hooker or something like that. I want her to look like that. Um, or she might have, he might have even said, I want her to make her attractive to old men. And, and the woman in the hair place said like, we can do that. So let's, and the daughter came in with like a babushka on her head. So you couldn't see her hair. And so the, the hairstylist said, let's see her hair. So the actress pulls up her skirt and you see just like, just crazy bush like all sticking out of her underwear and and woman's like oh dear no no that not that no 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 That's then, a, that was that was a cringe moment definitely a cringe Every moment time. so they so they doll her up they give her they dye her hair blonde they put a ton of makeup on her oh they go into a makeup place and there's a young man and he's very obviously gay and he's also super tall because he's almost as tall as borat and so the daughter walks in and she looks at the lipstick and she bites it off because she thinks it's candy. And he's like, no, that's not, that's not candy. And Borat takes another one. He goes like, it doesn't taste very good. And the guy's like, like, you're not supposed to eat it. You're not supposed to eat it. You're, why are you eating it? You're not supposed to eat it. <laughs> that part was great. It was, which was hilarious. So they do a makeup job on her and you look at her and she's a very cute young woman. And, and like my wife said, she does look like she could be 15. She literally does. Like, if, if you brought that girl in front of me and she just had, like, you know, a normal haircut and just regular clothes and you said she was 15, I'd be like, okay, yeah. I, she, it's, it's a very 
it's a very Slavic thing. It's a very, that's what a lot of Slavic men and women for that matter, look like kids until they're in their thirties. And some just look like kids and then they end up looking just like old kids. You know, it's like Benjamin Button. No, seriously. I, I mean, I have a friend, she's in her mid fifties. She's Ukrainian. She, she might be close to 60. She looks like a young girl that's just gotten older. Like everything about her, she still looks like a pretty young thing, but you, you can see like, you know, you can see the lines and you're just like, huh? She looks like an elf. It's, that's the only thing I can think of. It's like, it's very common in the Slavic world to find people like this that look young yet old at the same time. So, but anyway, Tutar is made up. So they go find, and I forget the woman's name, a debutante trainer to train Tutar to be a debutante in the South. Now, mind you, this is all happening in the South. This is, and I suppose because they said originally Galveston, Texas, this is somewhere down in the Gulf area of Texas. So the woman's training her up. They, they go buy a, they go get a dress for Tutar, some fancy dress place. And she, of course, the gag is, the woman gives her a dress and she says, here, try this on. And she comes out wearing the plastic bag the dress is in, which is just... <laughs> that part was great. It's a funny sight gag. It really, really I, I, Yeah, see, I really like just the dumb, almost slapsticky <laughs> moments in it. Um, because yes. that is, that's one where when you're in on the joke, it's just funny. Because she comes out and she's like, look, and the woman is like, no, no, sorry, no, that's not the dress. And, right. and, and Borat's like, oh, I like, and they're like going back and forth, like it's so nice. And this woman is just like, that's, that to me is hilarious. That was It crazy. is. That is funny. Right, exactly. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's cringe humor peppered through with just like really funny shit, like very yeah. slapsticky stuff. Um, and then Tutar asks us like, you own store, but where is the man? And she says, no, this is my store. And it's like, what? You know, like, because the, the, the uh, subplot of this whole movie is, um, I guess, an awakening for Tutar, right? That she's, uh, um, that women are just people and not subservient dogs to men, right? Because she has, a, she has the book. That she she has a manual, to. right. Yeah, yeah, she has a manual that says, <laughs> and the favorite part of the manual is, as a woman is the story of Nadia something who touched herself in her vagine and the vagine swallowed her up and she's inside her own vagine to this day, got swallowed by her own vagine, which is just hilarious. So, <laughs> so from there we go to the debutante ball and it's a very proper Southern debutante ball. And those listeners of ours from the South know about this. I'm pretty sure most people in the Northeast don't. Debutante balls are a very serious thing. And they train, and it's not just a white thing either, just so we're clear. Um, it's a very, like, this very, it's almost like, it, I, I guess it's almost like a Viennese ball, like for a European context. It's almost like, a Viennese ball or a masking ball, and it's called a debutante ball because young women, it's almost like, it's, it's like a bar mitzvah is what it is. It's like now you're a grown-up. Now you're a flower. Well, what's the fucking point of it, though? I was watching, I'm like, what's the point of this? 
This is, it's literally, it's like a bar mitzvah. What's the fucking point of it? To tell a 13 year old that he's got pubic hairs? Wait, it, so is it, is it about one person in particular? Because no, I thought it was all of these girls. It's about all of them. It's about, oh, okay. it's, 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 because it's, obviously it's not just one person that throws it. It's basically they all belong to a club or a country club or something like that, and they have a debutante ball. And it's almost like it's almost like a sweet sixteen for all of them. Ah, okay. and I forget at what age they go, and they all come and they dress up and they show how such good manners they have because it's a southern thing. It's like, oh, you always have to be a pretty lady, and you never say anything bad about nobody. But you know, you always say like when you talk about somebody. Uh, bless their heart, which is basically a southern euphemism for like this fucking asshole. You know, if you're from Brooklyn, you say this fucking asshole, but yeah, in the south, you say, Oh, bless their heart. I hate right. that shit because all this southern charm, bullshit, right? Is, it just makes me think, like, well, this is just fucking like this is a tactic to get the slaves to work harder for you. Like, that's all that shit is. It's just like, yes. well, if you speak all real nice to them and be like, Oh, yes. why'd you do that for me, Putin? It look like it, it's that's what it is. It's this saccharine kind of like, well, mm. why don't you just yep. get on with yep. your work now? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and bless your heart is just. I, I learned this at a young age. One of my, the first job I ever had working in a restaurant. There was a woman who was originally from the south, and she would say that. And basically, how she used it was so she could say anything, whatever she wanted, and be as mean as she wanted. But then she just tacked bless your heart onto the end of it, like nothing happened. Exactly. It's, it's like, wait a minute, that doesn't make it okay. Yeah, no, it's like confession for Catholics. It's like, okay, let's <laughs> go confess. Like, well, I, just chop, I just chopped up Jimmy and I fucking threw him in the East River. Forgive me, Father, yeah. for I have sinned. And it's like, you oh, can, we're forgiven. So, you can say we will That's like Trump, that's Trump's whole thing. Except instead of saying that, he just, he just says like, uh, some people are saying that. I don't know. They say that. They, people are saying, exactly. I don't know. Exactly. I don't say it. They say, say it. it. I don't know. Yes. He's saying whatever he wants, but just like, yes. you know, they say that the global warming's uh, not real. I mean, I don't say that. Some people say that. That's what people say. I don't know who says that. I don't know, but it's people the, say it. I'm like, the fuck? Everything. It's, it's the junior <laughs> high school equivalent of, I have a girlfriend. Where is she? She lives in Canada. That's yeah. what that is. She goes to another school. Yeah, she lives in Canada, my girlfriend. Who, who are the people now I think about who are the people that Trump's always looking at I, I, they never look at the people he's always looking at someone when he's yes. when he's like he's making shit up and I imagine there's just like some one person standing there just like, like going, that's why I love yeah. when, that's why I love when like his 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 people like go interview interviews with like uh, Australian news people and Australian people like so is he insane or is he senile? Which one is it? They don't even give him any fucking other options. Like, is he insane or senile? And then they're like, uh, what do you mean? It's like, only somebody that's insane or senile would say this. Which one is he? Please specify. So, yeah. Anyway. So they do the debutante thing. And Tutar has a lovely dress on. And uh, she tells Borat... <laughs> Andrew's already shaking his head. This was the worst. This was the worst moment of the movie. It really well, was. it was it really at least was. tied for it, if not. No, no, no. This is by far the worst. I, I <laughs> Sean actually watched the whole thing, having a little girl. I, this was just like literally the worst thing. So Tutar says to Bora, she can't dance because she her moon blood is happening. First time. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is pretty. The moon, the moon, the, the name is pretty funny, though. Yeah. So, Sean, in about 10 years, this is not going to be very funny to you. I'm going to tell you this right now. So, anyway, so he says, but what? We have to dance. He's like, oh, let's do the fertility dance, whatever the fuck. And they make up some shit. And I'll say this. So there's a room full of people, a room full of men with their daughters, and the mothers are there actually as well. The daughters are dressed up nicely. And so it's, it's one of these funny things where you want to paint an entire section of the country or group of people with a broad brush. And yet at the same time, it's almost difficult to reconcile what's happening. So here are these two very obviously foreign people that have come into the circle of debutantes that they've accepted and they started to do not what the traditional whatever it was a waltz that they do with their daughters the fathers do they start doing a very middle eastern eastern european sounding dance yeah it reminds me of uh, like a bollywood type of dance when they started exactly it. And everyone gets into it and is very supportive and starts clapping along yeah. with them. And it's nice. And they start doing this dance. But then Tutar starts lifting her skirt up and lifting her skirt up. And she very obviously has like a diaper filled with like fake blood, <laughs> which is awful. And then slowly you see like just drips of blood. And then you see people like noticing like what the fuck. And people just start leaving. The, like the young girls are all just like leaving. They're, they can't handle it at all. And the fathers are kind of drunk and just like, oh, and they're all being super polite because you have to be polite. This is Southern society. You can't just walk up to somebody and be like, the fuck are you doing here? And at the end of it all, Tutar is basically at the end of this dance on the ground with her legs raised and her skirt up over her head and just blood everywhere. And it's just the most awful. The minute this dance started and they mentioned moon blood, my wife just made a beeline right out of the room. She was like, I can't fucking watch this. She just like left the room. I think I would love to have seen how that would have played, like both for me, but also in just general with an audience, if they'd have had the balls to do it without pre without pre warning you with the moon blood thing. Like it would have been even like what because you think it's just gonna be oh, it's a crazy dance. Like that would have been I'd like to have seen them. I feel like they had, I don't know, like, it's funny, but mate, it would have, that shock value would have been. You know what? That's, that's yeah, what we were talking about earlier with the clown. That's where it would have been. Um, it, did, it almost made it more cringeworthy, though, at least for me, because I knew it was coming. And I was yeah. like, please tell me they're not going to actually do yes. this. Like, yes. I know it's Borat, but don't. This don't do this. I and think I, I think and I knew it was coming and that just made it even worse for me, I think. I think somewhere <laughs> along the way Sasha Baron Cohen had a little bit of uh, conscious and he said like let's warn people so they can leave the room while they're watching this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's what happened. So anyway, so this whole thing is done. Um and this is the other joke. They never show the consequences with this. Right? Yeah, Unless no. something immediate that happens, they never show afterwards what happened. And they obviously... just had to freewheel out of there. Like... Well, obviously, they got everybody's permission to show their faces because when they first got to the debutante thing, 
and he's talking to some guy. He says, how much money would you give for my daughter? And some random guy says, you think she's worth $500? And the guy says, yeah. And he says, you're my best friend ever. High five. And the guy's daughter looks at him and she goes, fucking disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like one of like three people in the movie that come out like, like well. what the fuck? And they're all like, women. They're yes. all women. He's very yes. intelligent the way he did it though, because he's framed the pe- the people that all come out like the best. Just like that young girl, the the um, the African American babysitter, babysitter they were on, and then like the Jewish old woman. Mm-hmm. They're like well, the yeah. people. Oh no, no, there was a fourth one later at the CPAC. If you remember. When he tried to sneak into the CPAC, but look, before we get ahead. Okay. So after this, they decide. Is this when they go to get implants? Yes, that's right. They go to get implants and they go to a plastic surgeon. And of course, <laughs> this part was great. The, the running joke is, would you fuck my daughter? Basically, <laughs> the whole time. And the doctor is like, well, if your father wasn't here, sure. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What? It's like, or the, the, the nose bit when he says, when they're like, what would you do with my daughter? And he's like, well, maybe we'd start with a nose job. And she's like, oh, nose job. Do she's I have like, a nose like a Jew? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he starts talking about Jewish noses. And it's like, dude. And then, but the, the, when, is, it, is it her or Borat that asks that? And then the doctor's like, no, no, not like a Jew. And they're like, oh, oh, that was just, talk about, talk about cringe moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely, absolutely. But I like, I, I cackled at that moment, just out of like shock. Like yes. one of those shocking moments where I just like. I, he, if, out of all of the people that look bad, as far as like consequences go, there are a lot of people that I like, this isn't going to affect them because who cares? And then there's people like on the other end, you get your Giuliani's and you're like, they're untouchable as far as shame goes. Right. But, but like the, the plastic surgeon, I was like, this guy is probably the most fucked yeah, up. He's <laughs> because you're a doctor, man. Like, you're an actual doctor. And you are like, they would not... A lot of people, you can see that Borat has pushed them. Like, it's entrapment. And I get it. But this guy, I was like, oh, this guy is really, like, digging Scully. his own yeah. hole. And especially with, the, um, especially with that last comment when he was like, if your dad wasn't here. Yeah. Right. Oh, what? Like yeah. you could, you could maybe. I, I'm not saying you, you could or should, but you could see a tiny bit someone making the argument of like, well, maybe he didn't actually mean these things, but he just was in an awkward position and was trying to be nice because this guy was going to pay him money, right? Like about like talking about the noses and everything else, and you, not saying it makes it okay, but right, you could, you could hear that right, argument. Right, 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 right. There's no argument to be like, oh, he was clearly just trying to be nice to this guy by saying like, if you weren't here, I'd bang your daughter like come at, on at the at the best <laughs> at the best he's just trying to make money right yes that's, <laughs> yes the, at the, the best. best is he's trying best. to just make money like that's the best option so even there it's like awful <laughs> yes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so we find out that the surgery is some twenty thousand dollars or so roughly right and Borat hands a bag over, and it's all in singles, which is like <laughs> hilarious. And the woman at the desk, very obviously, older Southern woman, she's had at least a dozen fucking surgeries. Because you can oh, see yeah. her lips look like they're fucking yeah. from 
Jagger. Her nose is this perfect little little freaking ski slope jump, ski jump little thing. <laughs> it's it's you know r- brilliant, and she's sitting there counting out all this money, and they literally give seventy two dollars short of the money they need to get the plastic boob job for Tutar, like seventy two dollars. That's a great. That's a great gag that I wish they had had the time. Maybe, but timing wise, it just wouldn't work. That have is done that more. Is a great have gag. done more with like they actually literally handed this woman a a, a a suitcase or a duffel bag full of singles of like twenty thousand dollars, and this poor woman just sat yes. there and count while they just went and sat down and waited for. Like that's so. Good. I love, I love the the production assistant's job whose <laughs> job it was to go and change up all that money. <laughs> 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 exactly so so then they find out they're 72 dollars short and they can't have the surgery until unless they have it and here's my thing it's like look i'm a doctor i am 72 dollars short of 20 grand to put in a pair of boobs you know what that's literally like two bottles of this and i we're good we're good. Okay, we we'll get the we'll get the boob job done. We're okay, you know. Especially like a plastic surgeon, you probably do forties a week. Like seventy two dollars is nothing to you. Oh, and it's all elective. Like talk about like generating repeat customers. Right. Any sort of business, like. If anyone's going to do you a deal, it's the plastic surgeon because right. he's like, "Oh, because you're going to remember and you're going to come back for some more shit." It's not right. Like- exactly. It, it's 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 the equivalent of going car shopping and you go to the new car dealer and it's like, "Oh, well, you know what? We'll throw in an undercarriage protection for right. you for free, whatever the fuck that means." They spray it with fucking Lysol and then they tell you it's undercarriage protection and they send you off on your way. And then they think you're going to come back and get a stereo or a roof rack installed or whatever the hell you're going to do to the car. So, right. So now um, Bart has to earn the $72. This was just a silly thing, which cracked me up. Uh, he has to earn $72. So he decides he has to drop off his daughter to a babysitter. And he drops her off and he literally has an iron ball and a chain that he has her chain to, to the leg. And he drops her off to this babysitter, who is a middle-aged black woman, very nice, and I forget what her name was, but she's just kind of like, you could see her fighting with herself not to comment, because he comes in with his chain and the ball, and she's like, you know, obviously I need to make money, I need to earn some cash, and just like, what the fuck is this guy doing with his kid, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So Barat leaves her, the daughter, Tutar, with this woman. Oh, and he gives her, well, he gives her the the bowl for her to drink out of. And at that point, like a dog bowl. And it's like, this is what she drinks from. And at that point, the woman is like, uh, she said something like, no, we drink out of a glass. Like, I'll give her a glass if she needs water. Right, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) Barat does everything. He basically does everything out of a fantasy porn S&M thing that he could with his daughter to this woman who's a babysitter, which is like, like I said, if I was in this production meeting, I'd be like, no, you can't, this, no, you can't do this to like a nice person. Why would the fuck would you do this to a nice person? This is awful. Literally awful. 
And she, I, I feel this woman, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. I don't, you guys don't remember her name, do you? Um, but bless her because she bless eventually, yeah, bless her heart. <laughs> but she eventually shows to be like the most, or one of like we were just saying before, one of the most uh, redeeming and like kind people in the movie. And I completely. Do, do feel bad for completely, because, completely. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the circumstances were really actually leading up to her babysitting what she was led to believe right she was she was easily the most sympathetic character in this movie yeah like the inadvertent you know victim of boratness if you will she was easily the most sympathetic character in the movie um so borat goes and he gets a job as a barber (laughs) and all credit to this dude who sat for the haircut with Borat. Borat is literally there with like sheep shearing shears. Okay. I don't know if you can say that fast too many times. You people, you, when you see this on the YouTube, you'll see Andrew was laughing very hard, but he doesn't have scissors. He has sheep shearing shears. And every time he clipped a little piece of hair off the good guy, he would show it to him for the gentleman. And like, he was like offering him wine. And the guy's like, yes, yes. This like, Big, overweight, old dude. How self-important do you have to feel to constantly just be endure that is, again, and again, this is what I want to tell people is, like, this is the South. The South is all about being polite. It's about mm-hmm. not ruffling feathers, and this is one of the reasons why you're supposed to be conservative, because you're not supposed to ruffle feathers or change things, which is just garbage. Just get over yourselves and fucking get on with well, it. That's, like, the thing. The guy that was getting his hair cut, <laughs> Like, you could make the argument that he's, like, some dumb Southern American guy or whatever, but you could also make the argument that he was just trying way too hard to stay polite and be nice. Yeah. Because I don't, I, I couldn't have done that if... No. He would clip one little chunk of his hair and be like, good? And the guy would be like, that's fine, thank you. And he'd throw it. And then he'd clip one more and be like, good? And who knows if he did it. I, I mean, I imagine he did it for a long time. Oh. I couldn't have sat through that. I would have have sat there the whole time. I completely like British, just being polite and British. Have you seen the original Borat? uh, No, no, like from the TV show. So good. If you go back and watch it, it, because it was the Ali G show in the UK, UK Ali G show, it was segments. Like it was only little sketches, clips it would go back to. And there was like two or three Borat sketches in an episode. And it's so good and it and it was catered so much the whole point of the borat thing was it was catering to the britishness of foreign people and just how you know the the british way is to like we don't understand you but good it's very good that you're here and yes <laughs> like you you can we are glad to host you and I don't understand what this is. And that, it was all that. So it was all about people just kind of politely just being like, mm-hmm, I shan't say anything. And it wasn't about, <laughs> it, it wasn't about them being stupid. Like it was, the, the movie was different because it came to America and it was all about, look how stupid these people are. But in the original in Britain, it wasn't about how, like, look how dumb they are. It's look how repressed British mm, people are that they yes. don't say anything when this guy is doing all this crazy stuff and they're just like, mm-hmm. it was just a lot of him kissing men, these <laughs> old British men, politicians who would just be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, you know, lots of that. That's so great. 
it's know. it's it's all of the Sean's favorite cringe story that I told Sean and Andrew. I don't know. If, I've never told you this, but this is Sean's favorite. One of my favorite stories for me. I went to see Phantom of the Opera with my wife. My mom used to be able to get discount tickets. You can already see Sean like cringing already. And the theater, and I forget what theater was it on Broadway, Phantom of the Opera. Went to see it, sat down. It's an old theater. It's majestic. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It still has all the original. It's the majestic. It's Is it the majestic? majestic. It, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, it was like, whatever it's called, it's majestic. I was like, yeah, it is. There it is. Oh, 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 oh. right. Okay, so it's at the majestic. It it is majestic. (laughs) Seats are tiny. Okay, and as we all, I'm not a huge guy. I'm six feet tall. At this point, I'm still carrying an extra like thirty pounds. I'm about six foot two twenty. I sit in this chair. These chairs are tight. I'm like, oh fuck, this is uncomfortable. Come sits next to me. A big fucking guy. Orthodox Jewish guy. 6'5", 350 pounds, easy. This dude is spilling over the fucking chair. His gut is literally resting on my nuts. And I kid you fucking not. His gut is resting on my nuts. The music starts. And, and what was it? Uh, oh. No more talks of silence. Forget your weary tea, or whatever the fucking words are. And he is fucking singing this while the dude is singing it on stage. And I'm like literally in this chair. And he's like a little bit up here. So this is now starting to feel like a prelude to prison rape to me. Because the <laughs> fucking guy next to me fucking singing in my ear. And I'm literally like, what? I'm already uncomfortable because I, I, I'm squished in this chair and this guy's gut is in my lap. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, I'm sweating. It's hot. Everybody's crammed in there. My wife is just like looking at me worriedly, like, are you okay? And I'm like, and this dude starts singing. And I'm like, dude, I really appreciate that you love Phantom of the Opera, but I paid for fucking tickets to listen to them sing, not to listen to you fucking sing. And the dude just fucking clamps up and he's like, where he could have crushed me because he was enormous. He could have fucking just destroyed me. Like I said, he easily had 140 pounds on me. He could have just fucking crushed me. But I was just like, no, you are not singing in my fucking ear softly this whole freaking show. You're not Good. doing that. Good for you, man. Good for you. And because... I told Sean that story, and Sean just wanted to fucking crawl out of his own skin when I told him. Oh, oh, God, I hate that story so much. Wait, what do, you, what do you hate about it? You hate the when the fact that Tomo, like, actually told him to stop singing? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, no, Tomo's the villain. Yeah, completely. <laughs> I, like... So you would rather sit through a Broadway show in, like, Andrew, just You don't understand. It. I actually, it would actually, <laughs> it would actually make my... It would make, make it worse. my day. No, I, I, it would be great for me. <laughs> I, I would love it because I just, I, I would just be like, this man is so, like, inv- this is, means so much to him. And this is so sweet. And so he's so engaged and so involved. And this is his life. And like, I can't believe it. And I get to see that this is so magic because, like, I can't not see it through like a performer's eyes having been on the stage. And to think 
But if you're on stage, like that's it. The idea that there's someone out there like singing along and like, get, I, that's what you do it. I'm like to make wouldn't that. You think, wouldn't you think as a performer you'd be annoyed because oh. he's ruining it for everyone else? See, Sean oh. is a purist. Sean is like John. You're a good man. Share, he's a this good man. Is, share is, my yeah. art. Share my art. That is it. Another audience paying member going like, listen, fuckhead. The, no, they are the ones getting paid to sing, not you, you fat lump. <laughs> I've I've done similar things and i i struggle with it because i want to be nice but i've done similar things at like the movies because you know you guys know how much i love going to the movies um if you have like a, a bad audience member and only it really depends but like i had like kids kicking my seat once and i no. turned around i said it very nicely but turned around and said like do you, do you mind and the parents were like i'm so sorry and i was like it's okay but and they didn't kick the seats anymore and so i'm like i spent i spent five to ten minutes of the movie getting my seat kicked thinking like it's okay, like, because I didn't want to. I didn't want to be that guy to turn around and say something. And it was watching Infinity War. I had already seen it once, fortunately, but I was seeing it a second time, and I was seeing it in IMAX. And I'd spent extra money to see it in IMAX, and so I was like, "No, this is like a two-hour and forty-five-minute-long movie. I am not going to sit here and get kicked and just be because I will literally just sit if I don't say something. I'll just sit there and get angrier and angrier and angrier. So I'll sit there and get angry for three hours and not enjoy the movie. So, anyways." I say something. And when I say something, I think I'm saying it nice. I probably come off way more aggressively because that three hours worth of anger is already starting to sift in me in the first five minutes. Will you please but... take this comic book movie more seriously? This is the second time that I'm watching it. Please. There are grown-ups trying to watch this film. These Excuse me. Please. These superheroes, give them some respect. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, your children. <laughs> this is a this is a superhero movie. Why'd you even bother to bring these kids here? <laughs> Do you understand what Tony Stark is going through here? <laughs> Needless to say, I was glad that I politely asked them to stop kicking my seat because I was able to continue to enjoy the film. Um, so I, I sympathize with you, Tobo, and I appreciate that you told that man to stop singing. Um, well, not, that I don't, I, not that I don't appreciate it. Wait, Sean, what about, what about if someone was kicking your seat? Oh yeah, different, oh, completely different. That, that, that's so different. I mean, already movie theaters don't have the same rules for me as theaters because I worked in movie theaters for years and like I used to be terrified of saying anything in movie theater as I am anywhere in the world with with not, any situation where people are going to not like me I go up against like I have this thing I need everyone to love me all the time whoever they are even if I'm never going to meet them again if they're a waiter if they're a, a, a someone working at like a subway like I don't it doesn't matter who they are I need everyone to love me all the time and if they don't that I, it, it pains me. I would rather go out of Sean, my way. Sean, you spiritual whore, you. Oh, I, <laughs> I can't. I, oh, I need it. But that movie theater is different because I worked in movie theater, so I have no fear. If anyone starts fucking around in movie theater, I tell them because <laughs> I spent, because, because when I worked in a movie theater, I would see people like me putting up with shit and then they would come to me like two hours into like Inception and be like, there's people behind me and they just keep talking and I just want to watch the movie. Oh. And I would be like, you 
fucking I'm gonna do this for both of us. <laughs> and I work here, so I would be there with my flashlight and I would be like, Stop, he's trying to watch the movie, have some respect. <laughs> and that stayed with me, so I can do that uh, in a movie. Theater. I I have one that's and I don't know if this is borderline and I don't know if I should share this story, but um Alex, forgive me, I'm gonna share this story. We went to see um Wonder Woman. And it was a bunch of um, uh, 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 um, what's what's the politically correct term? Um, able adults. I I, I don't. Um, were they <laughs> a- able? Were they drunk? Hand no no like. Not handicapped, but like kind of like mentally handy, handy able people, whatever. Oh, uh, okay, okay. In their twenties. Trying to say. And I think you say something like, uh, "What is the thing now? Differently, differently abled, abled differently, differently abled. Able. That's the. I that's think the that's phrase. what you were looking for. They're differently abled, yeah. Mental. They're mental, mate. Who? Yes. It's, right. <laughs> <laughs> Differently abled people, uh, young young people, talking, 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 not quietly, loudly. And um, the movie starts. And it's like you're expecting them to, because, you know, the lights dim down, the sound goes up, the whole thing. It's the Wonder Woman movie. We're all excited. They keep talking. And they keep talking. And now my buddy, he actually used to work... Um, as a uh, power professional for the New York City public school system where he dealt with, you know, uh, handicapped kids and all the time. <laughs> and he has a short fuse to begin with. He's a cop now, mind you. Um, and, and these young folks were kept on yapping, yapping, and one girl in particular, she kept on yapping, yapping. And the movie started, and it was about to start with a dialogue, and they're still yapping, full volume, the whole thing. <laughs> He goes, okay, it's movie time now. <laughs> and they all clapped. There were like three or four rows in front of us. And I was, and they were like, oh. and they're all kind of like looking at the girl that was the loudest. Like, yeah, shut up, man. Stop talking. <laughs> you know, she's like, what? Oh, what? And I'm trying not to laugh out loud. But I, at the same time, I'm like, like, I'm paying for Alex's beers later because this was actually the appropriate thing to do. Oh, yeah, that's like perfect. I, I was worried with the story where it was going to go, but like that's it. Like no, that's exactly. But he did can't... it in a very stern voice. And yeah. He's like, okay, it's movie time now, and they just clamped up. And it was that's a great line too. That's like the most basic. That's like a dad line to like. Because kids. It, it was movie time now. He <laughs> yeah. he totally his dad instinct kicked in. He totally just did that's the dad perfect. thing. Unfortunately, later, and I was just like, and I kind of lost it because I was I got angry. Because it was the scene with um, Gal Gadot and uh, Chris Pine. And they were kind of like, will they, won't they kiss? Oh, when they were like dancing and the snow starts coming down? Yes. I remember that scene very well. And, and the girl that was loudest early, she was like, oh, oh, try and kiss him. Try and kiss him. <laughs> Stop. I'm trying to tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> she's going go ahead kiss him come on kiss him 
Go ahead, come on, kiss him already. Come on, kiss him. Like, loud. And involuntarily, out of me, I'm like, would you fucking kiss him already? <laughs> and the kid sitting next to her just, like, hits her, and she shuts up. And I feel so awful afterwards. But I was just like, come on. <laughs> That, and that's yeah. So that's that was that was horrible, and I felt awful. I felt like such a heel for like a week. <laughs> I just erupted. So like, no, you fucking kiss him. So it was it was bad. Wow. Yeah. I've laughed a lot on this podcast. <laughs> I think that is the hardest I have ever laughed. <laughs> I literally have tears in my eyes right now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, where do we start with Borat before we went off on this? <laughs> I don't have a clue. Uh, oh, no, yeah, we were done with the debutante ball, right? Oh, the guy getting his hair cut. That's uh, what, guy that's what took his us. Haircut, yes. Oh, did you and, hear, as a side point to that, he was, on this point, he, there was a clip, um, Sash Baron Cohen was on, on Conan recently, and it was a clip okay. I saw on the internet, and he was talking about a deleted scene or like it was a it was a section they filmed and he loved it and it's the best he asked him like what's what's something really good that you filmed for the movies uh that isn't in it whatever and he said his favorite thing that they ever filmed with the Borat character was in this movie and just for logistical reasons in the edit it, they they couldn't keep it but he said it was at the moment when he needed money and Borat needed to go and find a job and they had this setup where he was going to be a porn star and he was gonna, and the, it, it, it's such a funny story. And he, uh, and they had it arranged, and he was gonna be in this porn movie. So he went to this hotel. He was getting shot in this hotel, this like uh, this scene. And the director's there, and he's the serious porn director. And he's like, blah 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 blah. And he says to Bort, and he's dressed like a waiter. He's like, yeah, so you're gonna come in, you're gonna come in as the waiter, and then we're gonna do this, and then you're gonna, you know. And, and he's like, oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. And then like, they're like, you know, they start filming. He's like, go. And he's like, no, he's like coming in. And then like, he comes in and like, they're having sex. And the, the you know, the shtick is he's supposed to come as the waiter. They're having sex. And then he ends up, you know, joining in. And, but he comes in and he sees him having sex. And he's like, he's like, knock, knock, knock. I have your, I'm your waiter. And he goes, oh, I come back later. <laughs> and, then, and then like turns up does a beeline and runs down the corridor and the director's like no 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 come back and he explains to him he's like no 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 they're in a section you know that and you see them and then you join in and you go, go and he's like oh yes okay, I see I see <laughs> and then they do it again and he comes in he's like knock 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 I have something for you and he comes in and then said he goes oh I come back later and just runs out again and just runs down the hall <laughs> and then the director comes and goes no you don't stand you 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 fuck her you come out take off clothes you fuck her and he's like ah oh, yes make a sexy time with it oh, <laughs> good. and then he's like yeah so then they do it again he comes out and then he, he he stays this time and he goes to look and then he goes cut 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 and then like what the fuck and he, and he explains he's like she have no uh, hair on her on her vagine uh, on her vagine no hair it's like it and he's like yeah of course she doesn't have any hair he's like he's like no 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 how am i supposed to i can't get i can't get up if it's no hair like how i get up like i cannot make sexy time cannot get big 
And he's like, oh, fuck. And it, he's like, no, 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 no. And it gets to the point where he, the, the director's like, fine, we'll, uh, we'll get some hair. And he, he ends up deciding, he's like, he's like, fuck, I'm going to cut my own hair and I'm going to, and we're going to stick it on her if that's what it takes for you to be able to do it. And he calls down, <laughs> he makes him call down to the reception for a pair of scissors. And then Borat's and Sasha Brown is telling the story. He's, he calls down, and he's like, he says, hello, yes, Mr. Director for Sexy Porno needs to make scissors to cut hair, to put on, to on the, to on the vagine, to make sex, to make big. And they're like, <laughs> and then he gets the scissors and then he comes out. <laughs> And he cuts the hair and they manage to stick it on. They get like crazy glue and like actually stick it down on there. He's like, okay, okay, now she's got hair. Now you can do it. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, very good. And then they do the whole thing. Start, he comes in and she's waiting and he goes, oh, and then he starts to take his clothes off. And then he, and he, and then he turns to the, the he says, and he's like, okay, you can leave now. And they're like, what? He says, he says, you can leave. We make sex. I don't make sexy time in front of how I do in front of cameras. Like, oh, private time. <laughs> and then, like, that's the way he gets out of it. Like, he doesn't, and that's how they don't do it. <laughs> but the way, the way, he, oh, the way he tells it is just so funny. Like, the idea of this, uh, the director. For starters, I'd love to know who these people are that you can just go and be in a porn movie that easily and quickly and be that difficult of an actor. And they'll still put up with it. Yeah, I don't get it. Because, like, literally, you could grab any guy. Okay, my wife just walked in the room. She heard me say that. She thinks she's. My wife. My, my wife. wife. Uh, likes. Likes. Take her out of context. <laughs> <laughs> she had tiny little, tiny little lady brain to get confused. All the, all the strings in her head, they go the wrong ways if she drinks that way. Uh, the little hamster wheel in her brain, wheel is broken, <laughs> hamster is too fat, it gets confused. <laughs> oh my God. So, um, all right. So we leave the debutante ball again. This is, I think, a half an hour since we initially talked about it. Well, the haircut. We were at the haircut. Haircut. Oh, haircut. Yeah, he's getting a haircut. Uh, daughters, talk, daughters with the talk, babysitter. Daughters with the babysitter. The babysitter's telling them women can do anything. They can be whatever they want. They can drive. The daughter doesn't want to believe. She says she's a man in drag, basically in disguise. It's like, no, women drive. Women can own houses. Women can have businesses the whole nine yards. Daughter then sees another woman driving and follows the woman. The woman gets out of car and goes into another hotel, which is like literally across the street from where, or, or I should say not even the street, across the parking lot from where they're staying. Mm -hmm. And she goes in and it's some Republican women's convention. And this is actually really funny. So the daughter walks in and she, she um, introduces herself. I think she got a name tag. And then she goes to the bathroom and starts playing with herself. Because she's examining whether it's true, whether she's going to die and be swallowed by her vagina if she touches it. And she ends up playing with herself and she walks into this Republican women's meeting and starts talking about playing with herself. And they should all take their panties off right now and play with themselves and be free and most of the women are kind of like looking around like what the fuck is going on here 
and one woman is very encouraging and like free and like her expression she's like yes yes young woman you can touch yourself all you want and be as free as you want which i thought was hilarious it was like she was so supportive that it yeah. was freaking hilarious it, it would have that would have been a good time to flip the tables and actually do like make fun of the democrats I think would have been good. They didn't do that. And I see yeah. why they didn't, because there is a political agenda, which I'd say is one of the worst, one of the aspects of this movie is why it fell a little flatter, is you yeah. can definitely see its political agenda. Right. And it works its best. Like I said, the clown works when he doesn't have a bias. Like right. it, when you're just putting down the middle, like same as SNL. Like, I don't really like SNL, but you have to, they always say, like, we try, I mean, they do lean, obviously. But they try and make fun of both sides. Like it would, yes. that would have been a really good time to like if she'd have been like with an AOC style Elizabeth Warren like Democratic convention, and she got him and said all that stuff. It's yes. ridiculous. But they would have been whooping it. Everyone would have been like, "Yeah, you're fucking like, yeah, you're gonna do that. We're all gonna go to the bathroom." And she probably right. wouldn't be able to get a big, huge mass like. It would have been hilarious. You're absolutely yeah. right. And yeah. they would be like, "That's how ridiculous, you know." Because that I mean, that's been. one of the things with 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 the recent SNL. Joe Biden uh, 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 skits and these, you know, uh, left-leaning reporters are like, that's the last thing we need is Jim Carrey making fun of Joe Biden. I'm like, no, that's the whole fucking point. We're, we're doing satire here. Make fun of them. I mean, what, what, uh, why is this a fucking issue? You know, and they're like, no, we don't need that because that's going to distract us. Like, if you need SNL to fucking make your mind up about who you're voting for. <laughs> Then you're fucking an idiot. Then we're already we're already lost. We're already lost. Absolutely. <laughs> if you need a fucking comedy show to make your mind up about who to vote for, you're you, we're lost completely. Yeah, yeah. But uh, to your point, Sean, I I agree with you. I do think I think the the film as a whole could have kind of uh, I don't know what the word is here, but it just would have been better had it, it. I mean, you could see its bias so clearly, and it didn't bother me, but. Um, as far as comedy goes, I think you, you, it would have been better comedy where a little bit more, like if it was taking a real look at America today on the whole picture, because that, I mean, there's comic gold there across the board, like with yeah. what's going on today and how people yeah. are on all and every side from left, right, and everything in between. Um, and the fact that like it focused so heavily on the, the right wing stuff is while a lot of it created really funny stuff, it is a little bit, and I'm not, this isn't any real uh, discredit to the Borat movie because I thought it was pretty funny, but it's a little bit like tired out almost at this point because it's been done so much. And Borat is such an interesting and like unique comedic character that, and I didn't mm. even think of this until you've said it now, I would have loved to have seen if it really kind of just took on everything across the right. board and exposed all of it. Um, I think it would have more, more like a yeah. long-lasting comedic impact than. I think I think part of the reason was, and Sasha Baron Cohen talks about it. He says when he did the first Borat movie, he kind of had to cajole people into expressing their views. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this one, they 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 made no reservations about it. Right, like he went to get the cake for his daughter or whatever the birthday cake that said Jews will not replace us. And the woman just freaking putting an icing without batting an eyelid. And it was just like, what the fuck? You know, it was just one of those things. And that's what he was saying. 
I remember in the lead up to the movie, he was saying like 15 years ago, you know, people weren't very comfortable with revealing what they really thought. Whereas now when he was doing it, they couldn't wait to tell you what they thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was part of it. Cause and, I mean, he spoke it out himself about like Facebook and yeah. Google and all these things about like, dude, you're giving credence to these fucking insane theories that hold no water and you're allowing basically bullshit to proliferate. And I mean, it, to that point, I'm with him. It's like, look, it's, I mean, it's, it's all these like Rachel Maddow, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson. These aren't news shows, people. These are fucking opinion shows. You know, the same, they're, they're no different than what we're doing here. Well, right. well more or less. They're, they're, well, I think, I, think, I think we do a better job. Personally. We do a much better job and we're more interesting because we're, we're, we're drinking. We, well, we don't conceal the fact that we're drinking. Exactly. That's the exactly. difference. Exactly. Yeah. Wolf I mean, Blitzer isn't hiding his like <laughs> down his pants. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, the, the point being is like I get it because like that's the dangerous part. It's like journalism because what's happened to journalism nowadays is it's all become about money. Yeah, it's all clickbait. Right. Exactly. And so you know facts are boring. You know, uh, uh, data is boring. But that's what the news should be. It should be facts and data, mm-hmm. not fucking opinions. I don't give a shit how it makes you feel. Give me the facts. What was being said? Why was it being done? Where was it being done? When was it being done? Give me the fucking facts. Don't give me your opinion on it. That's what it should be. That's what the news was back in yeah. the day. But nowadays, it's like everybody's got fucking their two cents to put in. It's like nobody gives a shit. And the problem is, is when something is advertised as an opinion show or an opinion column it it's saying up front this is my opinion so already right. psychologically it puts you on a on the forefoot in the you're like okay i'm informed but when you don't do that and when you right. say it's the news which by we inherently you're taught as a child the news is the thing that educates you and tells you what to do right. so when it is an opinion show but it's under the guise of news what happens is what's even more dangerous is it saying you're teaching someone opinion. You're teaching someone their own opinions. You're saying you don't know what your opinions are. So right. here's some opinions. Right. Exactly. And then people go, these are my opinions. And that's, that's what's so dangerous about it. And it, it makes me worried for people. When I'm like, I don't believe that this is what your opinion is. And it, I think there's also, it, there's a slight sinister edge to this movie that I don't think it realizes it has really that, there was slightly there was a slight dark sinister to it that, that made me feel uncomfortable in the lead up to this important election because i felt like it was treading the same path of how we ended up in this fucking situation in the first place mm-hmm. which is the whole movie exists because it's like that he's trying to be like look how crazy it is that we're still living like this but like remember how we got here in the first place is because of this is because Mm -hmm. of intelligent capable people like yourself who know better think the way of is is to make people look like idiots right and say look at these stupid idiots and how they're terrible people and they're racist Mm -hmm. and they're dumb and they're this and they're sexist and blah 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 and and look what happens And it's like, I haven't learned 
It's like you haven't learned that that not only does that right. not work, that right. literally fuels you. the fire. Yes. It's like it's like the Middle East. It's like it, you're making it worse. Like you were, It's like a self-igniting. You're just fanning those flames yep. every time yep. you do something like this. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of wanted to bring that up uh, uh, at the next point. So Tutar basically comes to an awakening, if you will, and she decides her father's lying to her. The book is bullshit because her vagine didn't swallow her. She's leaving him. She's going to go be a journalist, and she runs off. She leaves with an Uber. He goes, he's walking around. He finds some guy. Where is everybody? He asks the guy. The guy says, everybody's hiding because of COVID. So this is the COVID angle. And he ends up going with the guys and staying with them at their house. Which I said this when I was watching this movie last night. I was watching it with Gabby and Gabs did not particularly love a lot of this film. Um, <laughs> but we're watching it and I was like, he's clearly exposing and you saw these guys in the trailer, so we knew they were going to say some dumb shit. So it's like he's clearly exposing like that these guys are showing like that, that he thinks they're dumb or that they're dumb guys or that they're going to say some stupid shit. But I was like, but at the same time, who are these guys that a stranger from exactly. presumably the Middle East? Yeah, they were just like he was. He says, "I come and live with you," and they were like, oh, "You okay. don't have anywhere to go." Yeah, sure, you can come stay with that's, us. That's so exactly. Like, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. So I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not defending a lot of the things they said because they said no. some heinous shit, but like yeah, well, there's some good there that like these guys took in some dude they didn't even know. A complete stranger. Like, That's what I was going to say. They, they yeah. took a complete stranger off the street. I said, all right, well, why don't you stay with us for a few days until you can sort your shit out? So they opened up, literally opened up their home to a complete and utter stranger who could have killed him in their sleep for all they know. And yeah. this, and this was a saying, this is the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? This is the, uh, 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 just the op opposing sides of like the same person, right? It, it's like the yin and the yang. It's like, yeah. this guy's like really conservative and this and that, and he believes all this shit, but at the same time, he's helping somebody who's very obviously just stuck on the street. Well, that, that's what I, that's what makes me, uh, that's what it's just what I was saying about the last point is I think, and what's so important to realize, and we, people, then the Democrats don't want to realize these people, the Trump, this prototypical Trump voter, right. is not a bad person, is not a that, but what they are is more than anything, is they're trusting. They are yes. trusting people. Right. They right. are very trusting and they yes. believe what is presented to them. Mm -hmm. And you, sure, you can say stupid gullible, but you can also say trusting and ideological. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the same thing. And yeah. that's a good trait to be yeah. trusting and to be ideological and to just assume that someone is doing the best for what they say they're doing because you just, why not? I trust you. Yeah. You seem yeah. like a good guy to me. Like if someone, a snake or salesman back in the old days, he was the crook. And then the people are being sold. You wouldn't say like, look at these fucking idiots getting done by a snake oil salesman. But that's what we do now. They're like, we've got a snake oil salesman as president and the people that vote for him are like, you fucking idiots. Like, no, 
these people are just getting duped. Normal yeah. people who are being duped, and you don't say you fucking idiot. I can't believe you fucking fell for that. Like, imagine if it's you, like your grandmother falls for a Facebook scam or like a, you know sends money to someone. Are you going to say you fucking stupid old idiot? Why the hell did you send your money? You fucking idiot. You would never do that. You'd right. be like, I'd be like, how terrible of them. This poor relation. Yes. It's the same thing. I think yes, and and I mean, I think that was actually part. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to speak for Sasha Baron Cohen, but at least it comes across as if he wanted to show that because mm-hmm. here was these guys that just took him in off the street and then they went to this rally where he pretended to be some country singer and a sang along a bunch of freaking racist songs that the people sang along to. And they helped him find his daughter and tried to have him reconcile with his daughter. So not only did they take a guy in, they tried to help him, like, fix his familial relationship. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I feel like he in any way or the movie in any way tried to, like, paint them in a good light, though. At least for me watching it, I feel like I took those things away and was like, well, they at least did these things, so they're not all bad. But I didn't, I don't know, but maybe you guys disagree. But I didn't feel like the movie tried to like if anything what i got from it was the movie painted it like they're too stupid to know any better and they're going to help him find his daughter so he can sell her you know what though at the same time that's one of those and and i i I totally see where you're coming from my opinion on that is i guess erring towards the side of uh uh, uh, generosity i suppose Mm -hmm. like my opinion is like he left this these parts in the movie to show that look, yeah, maybe they support Trump, but at the same time, deep down they were good people because they helped him, you know, and they helped him. They took him in and they helped him get together with his daughter and the whole nine yards. However, the cynical part of me says, well. If Borat was being played by David Oyolo, would they have taken him in? Because he was a black man instead. You know what I'm saying? So at the same time, I'm 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 a little bit like I said, that's the cynical part of me. But at the same mm-hmm. just like but still, if somebody's a scumbag, they're a scumbag, they'll be like, fuck you. Yeah, but I wonder too I mean there's definitely something to be said about about what you said if it was a you know, a black man was Borat instead but there's enough I think there's enough talk too about uh conservative folks being Islamophobic and if Borat was saying he was from Kazakhstan and speaking the way he did in theory a person in that mindset would have automatically lumped them into that category and be Islamophobic against them that's a completely different thing from from you know um uh, the racism that, that that black Americans deal with, so it's not sure. quite the same. But I do wonder: does that does that speak to these guys being not being? Like, I don't know if that tells us whether or not they're racist well, that, or they are racist. Well, that's what, that's, that, what, that's, what I'm saying. A, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like on the one hand, they seem like very generous people, mm-hmm. and um, like I said, my cynical side is going like, well, what if? And yeah. then, uh, is that fair to them? Probably not. Because we don't know. We don't know what if it was, you know, some yeah. red from Africa came and said, like, listen, I, I have nowhere to be. And, you know, would they do the same thing? 
But we have nothing. We have no reason to say that they would or wouldn't. So you're right. not. You're exactly. not any. You're not any more. You know. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So so then so then um, Tatur escapes. He stays with these guys. She's at this rally. Borat sings at the rally and does these outlandish songs and tries to reach her. And the guys that he stayed with basically talk to her and tell her um, he wants to talk to her. And what when they're saying to into the White House, by the way, that this was cut out. I saw this another clip. If you follow Borat's Twitter, <laughs> he has a bunch of videos that's from. I guess from the movie that didn't make it, like deleted scenes. And there's a whole bit. What's interesting about this, and it must happen a lot in this movie, is they don't necessarily know where certain routes are going to go story-wise because something could happen. So with the Giuliani thing that we're going to get to a little bit later, is they obviously in their minds targeted several people. They're like, because we don't know which one's going to turn out good. Like we want to get the most like scandalous thing. And they obviously tried almost exactly the same tactic with a bunch of different figures. And they obviously tried to do it with Donald Trump Jr. Because they actually, she gets inside the White House for a briefing that she gets brought in, which they glossed over that she's now a journalist, like very short in the thing, but it was obviously a subplot where she was taken in by the crazy network. Like, what's it called? Like, OAN. OAN. She gets in with that the crazy blonde young OAN journalist woman, that batshit one who asks like the crazy questions, you know, about like so Democrats are trying to kill babies and because they, ha they hate babies. Is, is that her? I don't think that's her. Is it? Is it the OAN? No, the OAN no. woman is a different one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the OAN woman, and she she's like the White House correspondent for OAN, and she's mad, but she she befriends her almost like as an intern sort of thing. And because she's young and like blonde and kind of pretty and she says that she's, you know, super conservative, she tags her along. And Borat says like, it's like for a trailer for the movie, is like, you know, Trump, yeah, Trump is so strong, strong and confident against COVID that my daughter gets into White House and she has no check or no COVID test or no metal detector. She walks straight into White House for a briefing. And like, they literally, she's like, yeah, I'll come in. You come with me, I'll get you in. And literally she just goes, and she's like, yeah, she's with me. And then just like walk straight in and she's there for the briefing. And then she actually speaks to Donald Trump Jr. And it's the same exact script that she says to Giuliani. Um, but to Junior about like, oh, I'm such a big fan of you. Oh, I'm so nervous to meet you. Like, oh, you're a hero. And the oh. same stuff she says to Junior about Donald Trump Jr. But he doesn't like fall. He obviously doesn't do an interview and doesn't really fall for it. He just says like, oh, thank you very much. Like, yeah, good to meet you. Like, blah, blah, blah. And like shakes her hands. Like, okay, good. Bye. Um, Dude, but the the fact that she got into the White House so easy in of itself, and maybe that's they didn't put it in the movie because obviously just like the repercussions of like actually sticking it on there that they got in the White House, like oh, that probably Fuck, that's terrifying, dude. I don't know. That's fucking terrifying. Yeah, I know. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, because that you know because. So uh, wait a minute, but so so going back to the Borat movie, we skipped the CPAC, didn't we? Because this whole thing happens where he splits up with Tutar. Uh, uh, the CPAC happens beforehand. Yeah, where he basically sneaks into the CPAC. The uh, 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 oh yeah, how did we miss that? Conservative Political Action Committee, 
he comes in, he, he sneaks into it, dressed in a clan robe. And this was what I was going to say, the fourth woman. Like, he comes in in a clan robe, walking all duck-footed. And people are looking around as he walks in. And they actually see a woman, and you can see her pantomime. Well, the mic didn't pick her up, I should say. And she sees the dude in a clan outfit, and she goes, and the one woman goes, what the fuck? Like, literally. And then he goes to the bathroom and puts on the fat Donald Trump suit. And he throws two tar over his shoulder and walks into the CPAC and says, Michael Pettis, I have her for you. And the face that Pence had in that was Tim Curry could not pull off such a face of just disappointment and disdain in the most evilest of fashions. I can't describe it any other way. If he was a fucking actor, he would have gotten an Oscar just for that face that the Pence pulled off. It was just like, oh my goodness. This dude is so disgusted by this offer of a woman right now that... I wonder, I, I wonder how much or what he heard, right? Because in theory, right, Borat, Sasha Baron Cohen was yelling, yelling up Michael to Pettis, him. Michael Pettis, yeah. Right? So I wonder, like, how much he, he heard of it? Or, like, did he just hear yelling? Did he just hear yelling and see some dude in a, a Trump costume with a, with a woman over his shoulder? I don't know. Um, but I, that, which doesn't, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on the, the face he made was... That was gold. It was, um, it was, yeah, it was like evil. It, he looked like Jafar was about to fucking cast a spell. It, as I mean, far it, as as far as all of the stunts he pulls in this movie, this one feels like the biggest because it's like. And again, I go back to I was watching this with Gabby, and she was like half watching and half not because she was getting annoyed and uncomfortable by parts. And she saw this part and she was like, "Wait a minute." Cause I had told her a little bit about it before. Like, no, like a lot of this, he actually, this really happened. And she was like, wait a minute, did this really happen? And I was like, yes, this was a real convention. And he ran in there and yeah. Pence was on stage and a Trump, yeah. she was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. He really did that. And so, but yeah. 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 I mean, it was, th that was one of those when, when, um, when it happened, I was like, I, I can't believe how easily he got access in there. Again, where's the fucking security? Because you know right now, Secret Service is like, what the fuck? Some rando with a camera fucking crew in different locations infiltrated something that we should have had covered. Is they, that, that's when you know you're the evil guys when you're not worried about the evil guys breaking in because there's no one trying to break in. Like, there's no terrorists trying to, like, do any crazy stuff at the Republican convention because they're on their side. <laughs> like, right. It's, it's, it, it was, it's, it's really, like I said, eye-opening. So, Tatur goes away. Borat goes back to talk to the babysitter to find out where his daughter is. And she says she left because she heard you were full of shit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Basically says she had her awakening and she left. And Borat comes to the realization that he doesn't wait, want her to. That's not, wait, 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 no, no, no. Cause doesn't he connect with her at the rally? Or at the, the when he did the concert? He, he goes back to the babysitter to get the ball and chain back. No, 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 no. The guys tell her that if he, he's gonna go back right? to Kazakhstan now, 
and the cows are going to turn them apart with a turnip up their ass or up his ass, and they're going to eat the turnip, and they're going to rip them apart, and the whole, like, medieval torture thing. And then she goes, and she says she's going to give herself to Giuliani as a gift, because Giuliani was the next one, because he went back to the fax guy again to see if it's okay to give the daughter to Giuliani, and then he'd be forgiven. And so the daughter goes off to New York. She says she'll go give herself, but she doesn't want to talk to Bora. Oh, and when Borat talks to the, is it when he talks to the babysitter that he, he starts to realize like he doesn't want her to sell herself yes, to, to Giuliani? Exa exactly, which is a funny conversation. And, and, and again, the babysitter is like, the babysitter is like the only normal person in this movie. Yeah, she, she's like you, the, you, you can't like just sell your daughter. She's not property, she's a person, you know, and this, and so, and then he comes to the realization that he loves his daughter. And then, of course, for good measure, he throws in, do you want to be my new black wife? And she goes, no. And he says, okay. And then he leaves. And my wife was absolutely in hysterics over this because she thought that was the funniest thing in the movie. Her like, response was great, too, because he said, he literally says, do you want to be my new black wife? And she responds, yes. no, I will not be your new black wife. Right. He goes, and he looks at her for a second and he goes, okay. Yes. <laughs> that was in the original movie. Didn't, didn't the original movie end with him marrying the big black woman? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it did. Yes. Yeah. So then, uh, then he finds out he had like two hours to get to the daughter, which was hilarious because he's supposed to be in fucking Galveston, Texas. And it's like, yeah, guy, unless you got a teleporter, you're not getting to New York City in two hours. You know? <laughs> but anyway. For the sake of the movie, he gets there, he tries to break in, he keeps talking about how uh, Giuliani's haram is too old and he's gonna go in his daughter and all this stuff. And she's interviewing Giuliani and doing the whole, I'm so nervous, you're my idol, blah, blah, blah. And he's doing like, you're gonna do just fine. And every fucking thing Giuliani does is so creepy. Like I literally, <laughs> Wanna sandpaper my fucking skin as I'm watching this part of the movie. It's awful. When he like taps her on the back, he's like oh, patting her on the oh, back. Oh god. <laughs> it's like every fucking kid toucher PSA you've ever seen as a kid just comes flashing back when you see Giuliani with this girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's awful. It's it's what makes you realize you see this part in the movie, it's what makes you realize that Rumple still skin. It's basically a, a story about kid touchers. It's, it's, it's what it is. You realize Rumpelstiltskin is about kid touchers and how to stay the fuck away from kid touchers. That's what you realize is, 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 is this, Giuliani, the way he's behaving. And then Borat comes in disguised as a sound guy to try and save his daughter, and she recognizes him. And she, she's kind of like giving him the eyes to go away and whatever. And uh, Giuliani's like, what's going on? And Giuliani still thinks it's an interview. And Borat says, stick to your cousins, which I just fucking lose my mind. <laughs> as well, as had. <laughs> and uh, so Tatur goes and talks to Borat and basically tells him to just basically like, go away. You know, she's fine. She's going to do this. And he's like, no, I don't want you to do this. And then Tatur comes back and she apologizes to Giuliani and she says, I'm sorry. Uh, why don't we continue this interview in the bedroom? 
And he gets up and says, yes, why don't we? So, in all fairness now, to break this down as unambiguously as possible and just straight facts, he says, yes, let's continue this interview in the bedroom. Why would you do that? Wait, was it, wasn't the interview over? And she asked if he would like come and talk with her more or something like I think the interview itself was over. It no? might have been, but basically she said, let's go to the bedroom to talk. Yeah, right. like, why don't we continue this in the bedroom? Which there was no reason for it to talk in the, why, why would you need to talk in the bedroom? You can talk right here. You know, there's, there's, there's a mic right there. And he goes, yeah, let's do this. Well, so the behind the scenes bits of this, what I was reading about a little bit, when they go into the bedroom, it's hidden cameras. Like there's no camera right. crew. So I believe, and we'd have to, I'd have to double check, we'd have to watch the movie again. But I believe the interview itself was over and she was like oh this was fun like do you want to like i forget what she says to him but it was like come in here and like have another drink or whatever it was but it wasn't okay. like let's finish the interview in here so it was like the interview was done okay so it was legit right am i am i right with that i i, I don't remember so, so do you remember yeah no, no yeah it was it, she, it was it was like let's just go in the other room and have a conversation okay yeah because she was like it was like the interview was done and then she was like oh you know you are my hero there's so much i want to learn from you i'd love to talk to you about loads of different things like oh the interview's over like oh but maybe we can go next door and we can keep talking about it was like that and he was like oh yeah yeah of course let's do that so she left it open in a way where even if he wasn't creepy, there was still a chance he was going to go in the room because yeah. she was like, oh, well, I, you know, you are my hero. I'm sorry, I was nervous in the interview. I'd still like to talk to you and ask you a few questions about this, that, and the other. She did it in a way that even someone who would have their flag up would still probably do it because you didn't want to offend her. Yeah, right. it, it was right. very well done the way she did it because it, it made him look like a creep. But right. also you could very well, i would have probably done exactly the same thing right. just because i'm like uh yeah okay let's right 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 well that, that that i guess that's what that's the point that i was trying to get to because when they got to the room and she was working on this mic trying to get it off very obviously trying for the hidden camera to make it look like she's trying to either jerk him off or give him a hummer but when he's when he laid down on the bed and stuck his hand down his pants to be fair it did look like he was trying to just pull a mic from where it was tucked in. And that has been, that has been his argument is he's like, and, that's and all I know, was doing. And you know what, to be fair, yeah, it could have been because like I've been on movie sets where they give you the little remote mics. Yeah. They tuck it in, in the front of your pants. They tuck it in the back of your pants, yeah. wherever mm -hmm. it is. It could be there, and if there's a wire or whatever, you might need to, like, reach down your pants and pull it out. And the way the whole thing was set up, like, when I remember hearing about it, I literally expected to fucking, you know, see freaking a hand freaking doing this the way they were talking about it. Like, oh, oh, he's fucking playing with himself. And I was just like, and then I saw the movie, and I was like, uh, I don't know if he was playing with himself. Yeah. I really don't think any, I don't think, I really don't think with his hand going into his pants that that was something like, I really do believe that that was because of the mic. Yeah. That I, said, I, that said, I mean, he still had a glass of whiskey and went into the room with this girl. 
And so there's something to be said there about all of that. I think his, you know, my wife spotted and she said, because obviously she wanted more than anything for him to be caught out. But my wife actually saw, and I don't know if this is true or not, but she thought she saw her when she was doing the mic, her purposefully untuck the front of his shirt. Like uh, when he was doing the mic, she like pulled the, his shirt a little bit, like as a clever tactic where they're thinking like, you know, he's, he's a man of a certain stature. He's there, with her. he's going to want to tuck his shirt back in. And he's, you know, he's an old man. He's got a big belly. Like you want to tuck your shirt in. The easiest way to do that is to leave lie down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuck your shirt in. And she said like, she set him up. She untucked his shirt when she was doing the mic. And he's like, oh, I got to tuck my shirt back in. And then the second he does that, Borat was running. And he definitely did look like the lean back that he did looked like a strategic. Like he was doing it not for like, not like laying back like comfy. It was a like right. definitely a like, uh, like a reaching. Yeah, to to me, to me, to me, it looked like, to me, it looked like it was what he said it was. And he was trying to just like fix his shirt after Mike was pulled up, whatever. Where in the back of his mind, it was still at the same time, if he's doing this slowly and long enough, and she turned around, like a lot of guys think, it's like, well, maybe if I'm doing this long enough, she's going to turn around and say like, hey, would you like a Hummer? And he was, sure. You know, like, I'm thinking he was just kind of like putting himself in that position. If she proposed to him, he would have said yes. (laughs) The, the, I think if she proposed yeah. to him, he would have said yes, but... I don't doubt that. It was very much in the vein of, no, I was just either tucking my shirt in or pulling the mic cable out or whatever it was, because it really didn't look suggestive to me no, at all what she, he was doing. He asked for her name and number because, and again, this is a man, not only do you want to be super like uh discreet about this sort of thing if he's deciding his head that he's gonna try and fuck her you want to be as discreet as possible about this right like right i.e like you've been trained when you're the mayor of new york you go through security briefings you've been trained about things he should know at the most base level that the only way you can be sure a secure area is if it's an area that you and your team have secured if you go into somebody else's area it's her room you've no idea what's going on there if you if you want to like screw someone and you don't want to believe that they're filming it or taping it you buy the room and you invite them to the room right and you make sure they don't bring anything with them the second you go to their room you're asking for trouble so i don't think he would be dumb enough to do that i did see i did see a certain age i did see something though that said sasha barra cohen said that um giuliani's security swept the room and Sasha Baron Cohen was hiding in a, a, a closet, a, like an armoire. Yeah. Um, that locked from the inside. And he said they swept the room, but didn't realize he was in that armoire. Yeah. So I don't know. Now, granted, that was like the room off of the room where they did the interview. So they still, it wasn't like, to your point, Sean, it wasn't like their own thing that they had set up. It wasn't like their own place, but he did have his like security guys look at it. Yeah, a man of a certain age of to what he is, if he was planning to have an illicit affair with her, he needs time to right. go get a little blue pill to pop right. a couple of hours before he turns right. up. Giuliani can't just go into some side room with a young girl and get it up. Right. 
No, he's pushing 80, isn't he? Yes. He's like 78. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. No, no, no. Like I said, I think it's much ado about nothing, the whole playing with himself thing. I really do. Um, and like you said, Sean, like, much like Emily, I was like, ooh, I was really like looking forward to some like salacious shit. But when I saw it, I was like, you know what? No, I'm no. I think overall he just kind of comes off as like a creepy old man. Yes, but yeah, not exactly. not in because... any way worse than like just a creepy old man. That like, right. like mean, ha ha ha. Like he did so many times in an interview, like ha ha, and he like touched her. Like, yes. and it was like, you don't need to laugh and like no, touch your shoulder. No, right, you really don't. Exactly. But, but no. men of that age, or not all of them, but there are a lot of men of that age, that is just how they are. Especially with but like a pretty young woman. You could do exactly the same thing with Biden. That's the hilarious thing is that they love to say the same about Biden. Yeah. Yes. Same shit. Yeah, it, exactly. And you know what? It, 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 you're right. And, and I mean, it leads to the whole, it leads to the whole, well, you're an old man and there's a young woman interviewing. You can chuckle and maybe even flirt a little bit. But the minute you start touching and it's like, it's like this is creepy. You, you stop. You know, like a flirt. A fl- when an old man flirts with you, it's kind of like a fun thing. But once he starts touching you repeatedly, you, now you're a creep factor. Now, now you're definitely getting up there. So, like, like I said, was he creepy? He was super creepy. I really thought he was super creepy. And it was very cringeworthy just him in that encounter. Do I think he was playing with himself? No, I don't think he was playing with himself. Like Sean said, he would need to pop that pill hours before. <laughs> yeah. And it, no, no, no. The, the, the worst thing is the idea that he has some sort of strange deluded arrogance to believe that some young foreign woman would believe that he is her hero. Like, right. what the fuck has Rudy Giuliani done for someone of her... Like, nine, she wasn't even born when 9-11 happened. That's basically the only thing he ever did that was... Exactly. 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 Because, right. like, because technically she's already hated the mafia. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Because t- technically she's 15 years old. So you're absolutely right. She was born in freaking 2005, and he's nobody in 2005. And before she's even aware of who somebody is... It's 2015. He's fucking nobody again. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I think that whole scene was much ado about nothing. Although I think Borat running in in freaking drag and doing a whole little thing was hilarious. Like, no, don't is- take her. Don't take her. She's 15. Take me. My behind vagina is really tight. I was in prison. And he's he, screaming, he goes, laughing. He goes, she's 15. She's too old for you. <laughs> <laughs> all of that and him as a sound man talking about like uh, stick to your cousins I mean all of that shit was just hilarious and then in the end Borat basically appreciates that he loves his daughter more than his sons and then he go back to Kazakhstan and she's the number three to report in Kazakhstan and he's the number four reporting in Kazakhstan and what they importantly find is that Kazakhstan spread COVID all over the world with Borat by injecting him, the gypsy tears was COVID-19, and they tried to infect the whole world. And uh, right. we mentioned him. He went and got a cell phone, and he didn't know what a cell phone was, and his buddy Brian showed him what a cell phone was. And that's how he framed the premiere of Kazakhstan. That guy was great as well. I love that guy. But he, um, 
he went back and because he should have gotten killed he should have been executed when he returned right. to kazakhstan right. and um he gets back and and they were like no it's all right and he's like what why is it all right and then it turns out it's because they really were just using him to spread the covid now right. this is a uh behind the scenes discussion more than a plot discussion what i don't know if you guys notice this but those scenes the end scene when he's um Back in Kazakhstan, talking to the, uh, whatever the guy, the head guy in Kazakhstan. Did it, is it just me? Or did it look like Borat and um, Tutar were like hyperimposed into that scene? Like it looked like they were added in with like CG or something. Like something yeah. was not right in that scene, right? Yeah, you're right. I felt and the, the only same. thing I can think, I, I don't know, so. I don't know. Go back and watch it because I really think yeah, like something is exactly something is off. Same thing. It looked like green screen. It was weird. Yeah, you know what I think it is because like we talked about when we were first when the movie was coming out and we all watched the trailer and we were we had our for our listeners we probably said this before but our group text with all the three of us talking about what we're going to do for our next podcast and we were talking about doing a Borat podcast. I said, "Do you think he started shooting this before COVID?" Or do you think like he was shooting it and COVID happened and Sean texted back and was like, I'm pretty sure COVID was just a happy accident for him. So what I'm wondering is, was that never the intended ending of the movie? And then kind of last minute, they mm. put this in as the ending because they were never anticipating. I, I have to assume they started production on this movie long before COVID was a thing. Yeah, I um, think so too. I think and I wonder was, if that was yeah. like, they rushed to get that in at the maybe, end. Maybe, maybe. That I thought it was sense. a great ending for it, though. I thought I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, the way they tied it all up. Yeah. Um, yeah. We missed we missed one thing though. What's that? One key scene, which was one of the most cringeworthy scenes of all, when he went to the synagogue. Oh my God! Yes, that was. And I remember sitting there as it was happening, and and just repeatedly saying. Why would you do this to your own people? This is so awful. He dressed up as a devil with bat wings and a Pinocchio nose with a marionette puppet attached to a string that said media on it. It was the most <laughs> vile description of Jews. And there were two women in the synagogue. And one woman was a Holocaust survivor because they showed her she was born in 32, mm -hmm. which means during the Holocaust, she would have been freaking eight. And they talked to him, and they welcomed him, and they kissed him on the cheek, and they gave him soup, and the whole thing was super sweet. I, because one of the subplots was that um, the Holocaust never happened. That's that was the, on the internet they found that the Holocaust never happened. And that was that was your point earlier, Sasha Baron Cohen being so like about how Facebook and social media spreads lies. Um, he saw it on Facebook that the Holocaust didn't happen and he immediately just believed it just because he saw it. Right, exactly. Yeah, and he was sad about it because one of Kazakhstan's greatest achievements was the Holocaust. <laughs> it's fucking awful. <laughs> Which is so almost awful. the worst part as far as Kazakhstan goes if they're watching yeah. it. Like, talk about, so earlier when we were talking about the dance scene when the daughter has her, her moon blood and I said it was the most cringeworthy thing and I said like actually maybe tied for the most cringeworthy thing. The reason why I said that was because of this scene. Yeah. And just for the fact, just for the fact that he did that. Like, I don't, 
I think there were some joke, like the nose things here and there, like you're talking comedy, like, okay. We, like there was some funny stuff, like offensive, but like you can be pretty offensive and I'll still find it funny, me personally. Right, yeah. this, this though, I was like, I don't, I don't know any reason why you did this. No. Like I don't no. see, and the only thing, the, the one takeaway, the thing I do take away from it though, is those two women and how beautiful and how gracious they were to whoever this lunatic was that came in like saying that Jews were the devil. And she said, I'm yeah. not, you're not going to burn. You're not going to die. Let me give you a hug. And she hugged him hey, like that. So if, if for nothing else, we got that scene out of it, like if that's what he was trying to get out of it and to show that then, okay, power to well, him. They, I, did, didn't you read the, the, the news story about this? It, it, no, I don't it, think it's uh, Yeah, the, this was the one big news story I read, or at least because my wife was like, it, uh, my wife. My wife. My wife. My wife. She Very is, sexy, uh, my wife. Number four <laughs> prostitute in all of Ringwood. She is a Jew. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, oh, but, my God. Emily the, can't hear this episode. No, 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 no. No. Uh, I, I was, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> shut it, shut it. You, you had too many Elijah Craig. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, um, there was a, a story. The family, the estate of the, the Holocaust survivor woman uh, tried to sue the movie studio mm-hmm. because she, she actually died. Yes. Um, she's, she's dead now. She died like a month after the film ca- uh, oh, was, wow. was filmed. Right. Um, and they... And she was pushing almost 100, for God's sake. Yeah. They say that, she's you know, shape, she though. didn't know what was going on and that it was, you know, she's been duped into this movie and it's disrespectful. And obviously all the things you would think if you are the family of this recently deceased woman and you're watching right. this. Um, but they came back because, you know, they always have you know they're very careful with this and they even had footage we haven't seen it but it was released in and they won the case like the the studio and such won the case against them um well it wasn't against them but you know in defense mm-hmm. um they they knew what was going on it's the only time he's ever um he's broken character and he's actually explained what's going on before they did it he, out of respect, out of respect for her and for the situation, he actually came out and said before the filming, they thought they were going into it and they did whatever. And he, before he dressed up and did the thing, he came out and said, my name's Sasha, I'm a Jewish comedian and we're making this movie and the purpose of it is to try and, you know, we're trying to subvert anti-semitism and people that are this and the other so i'm playing this character that's anti-semitic but i myself am jewish and i'm a comedian and this is we're doing this as like a parody so mm-hmm. i just wanted to let you know and and they're like oh okay and they filmed this they have this on film of him explaining this to her so she's fully aware and he did that out of respect for her and he did not want to put her in that position so from the off She's in that it. makes it, yeah, that makes it much less. Uh, yeah, and honestly, and honestly, that's the right thing to do. It there. felt that way. Mm. Honestly, it felt that way. 
Yeah. It felt like he was just it felt like he was just trying to show that like look, this is just like we're old people and they'll and people will accept you. You're uninformed about what's going on, and that kind of stuff. It, it it felt a little staged. It was as honestly, if somebody yeah. like if I mean, granted, I'm not so I can't say anything, but if I were sitting in the synagogue and I were Jewish and some dude walked in like that, I'd be like, what the, f- get the fuck out of here, asshole. It, 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 and not only that, it's, I think it was inappropriate because we talk, I mean, you, it's also terrifying. Like there are people walking in synagogues and shooting right. women. When women that was, age. that like, was part oh, of the, that wasn't that thing in the movie. He wasn't that what would happen in the movie. He wanted to die because he was sad his daughter left. So he was like, I just going to go hang out in the synagogue to the next shooting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was it. That yeah, was yeah. the plot point in the movie, which so like you get the point that he's yeah. trying to hit I, here. But I think for the point of the movie, like the the uh, the dramatic device of how they used it would have been more intelligent and would have mattered more and been more relevant if, like we said earlier, he'd have instead of used that with Trump people, and if instead of those old Jewish women, it was Trump voters, and he did something and, like, was ridiculous or terrible or something that sort of super offended them or whatever, and instead they were like, no, it's fine, like, you know, we love you or whatever, and, like, that would have been a nice moment of, like, Oh, like I said, I think that's what's missing is to show that other side of. Yeah, that would have been a like. Oh, that but like I said, I think that's where where the thing with the guys were that to come in off the street. Yeah, but it was still done with a like a a fart joke on the end sort of thing. It was slightly like you're yeah. right. It did tease like they're nice, <laughs> yeah. but he couldn't help himself, yeah. which is yeah. what's so hard because I think as Democrats or liberals we have this stigma, this stereotype of like, we're nice, we're genuine, we want to be good to people, we want to give them the time of day, but we will have the last word and thank you very much, you're a fucking idiot, goodbye. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always with that tint of that, like, I completely, you have completely, you know, you're entitled to that opinion because you're human, we're all humans, but you're a fucking idiot, goodbye. Like that, I feel like that's what he did and was always doing that. Even if he was like, yeah, they're good people, but they're also fucking idiots. Like you can't help but kind of like do that little extra nail in, which is never gonna, <laughs> right? You know, so yeah. it would have been nice to have a little bit of a, but I don't know. It's the it's maybe it's the wrong time. Like post election, maybe we can have more of that because we'll yeah. need to actually. Like if you're talking about the country healing and coming together, you are gonna need a lot more of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. All right, Jeff. So. uh do we review Elijah Craig first, or do we figure out what's going on here with the Borat subsequent movie film? I say we do Borat. We're on a roll with Borat. All right. So what do we I'll, go? I'll pour myself just a little touch more of this while we do that. Oh, I'm I'm down to the Craig. Can we see this? Damn, oh. Tomo! Jesus! I at least got to the Elijah. God, you guys are such rookies. God damn. All right, you got, you got. Uh, and I yeah. lost forty pounds. What the fuck is your? I wasn't going with weight. I was going with height. I was gonna say. Um, 
You got six inches on me I lost, vertically. Whoa, oh, 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 yo! Hi, as it was coming out of my oh, mouth, I knew I, I shouldn't have say I shouldn't say this to you. Hello, Gabby. I like. <laughs> <laughs> don't you? You don't say her name. <laughs> I likes. I go to Wild Ostrich Festival. I likes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. So. What do we think is going on with the Borat movie, gents? Who starts? Uh, you know what? I'll start. I think he... he like, and, and Sean pointed it out, and, and I think we've all pointed it out on several occasions. He's definitely... He definitely has a lean to the movie and where he's trying to point it to politically. Um, very obviously, because he very obviously tried to release it before the election um, to show, I guess, the unreasonableness of c the conservative people in the U.S. But at the same time, what came across was that some of it felt contrived and some of it felt like these people aren't as bad as the people on the left would like to think they are. So in the end, I think the Borat movie is honestly will make no difference whatsoever to the election one way or another. And I think if he was trying to make it a, a, a difference maker, it failed miserably that way, and and I and, and and full disclosure, I'm somebody who leans way more to the left than center, and forget about the right, even though I have certain right leanings, because I believe in the death penalty for sure. Um, savage. You uh, you know what? Certain That's people savage. just deserve to die. Fuck them, and I'll be happy to pull the trigger. Um, well, we're all gonna die, so there you go. You win. There you go. Um, so, but but in terms of that, I think, I think, I think his movie is overall is not going to have the impact that he thinks it should have had. Yeah. Sean. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Like I said. I, the more I talked about it, the more I was like, oh, I feel a little cheated. Because he's so clever. He's a genius. I really, I think he's a brilliant, brilliant comedian. And I, and I also think he's also kind of paint. I think what's really happened with this movie is he, he kind of painted himself into a corner. Like he sort of, it, it was so successful, the first movie. Right. He's really pushed himself in a place where he's like, oh shit, I, I can't. He has some very good... Did you ever see... He, he did a TV show that came out last year called This Is America. That was It was on Lifetime, I think. It was a weird network that it was on, but it was, it was like a sketch show, but it was basically like Borat. It was like... There were some sketches isolated, but then there was a lot of in-person, like, you know, in the public, and it was all in the disguises, like disguises he was doing here. It was all those disguises. Right. And it was the same sort of thing. Look at these people, how stupid they are. But he had a variety of different characters. He didn't do one. And he had one. I was just looking it up. One of his characters is called Dr. Naira Kane de Negocello. 
Dr. Naira, who's a progressive lecturer of gender studies and, uh, and a democratic activist who has a, uh, a son named Harvey Milk and a daughter named Malala. And he, and, and he was playing, and he, he had like an NPR t-shirt on and always had his legs crossed and was always very sort of like, yeah, and was very much like Jewish and was always like, and he would go to talk to people and he would be ridiculous, but because he was a completely lefty Democrat and all sort of like, you know, like, well, of course I only drink breast milk now uh, with, is that breast or like, it, it was, and, and it was really funny because it was great. And I wish there was more of that. It would almost be a funny spin. And I wish they'd have had the balls to do it in this one, but I get it. If they, you could do a third Borat movie well, if you flipped it and Borat became liberal, like a super liberal like guy and the ridiculousness was how incredible yes. liberal he was. And he was instead of making fun of like going to like yoga retreats and, and all the crazy ridiculous liberal stuff of, because as, 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 as the amount of crazy conservative things there are in the U S I would argue there are way more Gwyneth Paltrow style mad shit left as we know things than there are of the other like california all these places are fucking havens for lunatics like (laughs) it's and that that deserves to get the shit taken out of it and that would have been nice if he'd have had a little bit of that um i i just think the studio and the money got in the way a little bit i think they were kind of pushed into a place where they're like you're like oh you know you have to really do more of that like jews and gypsies and all the same it, it's it there's awkward because there's a place from a comedy standpoint you get into a really awkward place where you feel like they're laughing for the wrong reasons right mm-hmm. um and i there's parts of borat initially where you're like eh, it doesn't matter it was so ahead of its time but now right it's like i feel like you get to be part of the problem when there are going to be Republicans or Trump people that will watch this and they will love this movie and they will say it's one of their favorite movies because of all the crazy shit Borat says about the Holocaust, about gypsies and about Jews. They'll be watching that. They'll be watching that scene that we just talked about. Some people, not a lot. Some people watch that scene we were talking about in the synagogue and see him walk in there dressed like that. And they will be pissed themselves laughing just because they think it's hilarious. Right. That That he's showing like what true Jewish people are like. Right. And he is allowed that. And by putting it out there, he has, he, for those people, it's, he's doing that. It's it's a little bit of the reason why Dave Chappelle left the Chappelle show, right? With the third season and reinforcing all the negative racial stereotypes mm-hmm. where he was like, I'm trying to educate people, but now I feel like I'm just fucking reinforcing every negative stereotype there is. Mm-hmm. Like famously, it was the uh, sketch with the uh, devil and the angel, like constantly talking about where it was just basically just a little devil, and like the Spanish devil and the black devil, and and that was the famous sketch that made him leave the show, because he was saying like somebody was laughing, and he was like, you know, I know the sound of people laughing with me as opposed to the sound of people laughing at me. And, and 
much to your point, what you were saying, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that's, that's, that's where it is. Yeah. I think that happens. That college boy humor mm-hmm. is still, there are going to be plenty of people in campuses watching Borat being like, ah, like, yeah, he's so funny. He's saying yeah. how it is. And I just think it's like, it's a little dangerous. Yeah. It's a little immature when you see that where we're at now, as so much of that crowd that are at these rallies are actually there because of movies like Borat. Yep. True. They really are. Like one they you know, a couple of guys in a frat house watch Borat and then the one guy starts laughing crazy at like the running of the Jew and he's like, ah, oh my god, I can't believe this is so funny. Look at that fucking shit. And then a friend, and then a guy he's not met comes from behind and he's like, Hey man, you think that's really funny? Like, yeah, that's funny. Like me and my friends think this is really fucking funny too. We have this club. We're going out next week and we're going to do this shit. You should come along, man. You're pretty cool. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's do that. And then before you fucking know it, it's like that times by 10 and that's how it's all started. So I, there's a slight danger with this. It makes me a little uncomfortable. "Mm." Yeah. But, Make, was, make sure you get rid of all your brown shorts and khaki shirts, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't want you associated with the Hitler youth. Okay. Andrew? <laughs> I, I think, so, just off of your point, Sean, a little bit, this is kind of hitting on something you said earlier. I think that to... Um, can you get you guys still there? You froze on me for a second. Am no, I we're, we're, here, we're here, we're here, we're here. Oh, good. Okay. I think to an extent you have, um, like what you said, Sean, but the opposite as well is with um, folks that are voting for Trump or folks that are Republican that will see this and they will think, okay, here's another celebrity, liberal, who thinks that all of Americans are stupid and just wants to show that off and say that we're all just like dumb and we're racist and we're this and we're that. And they double down now and are like, you wanna tell me I can't vote for Trump because you say I'm racist. I know I'm not. Here's another person trying to tell me that. So I'm gonna, you know what I mean? So it has the opposite effect, I think, of what he was trying to do. And I don't think he helps his cause by that. And for the same reasons like you said too, Sean, about like, people really doubling down in the negative side of it. Um, As far as the movie goes, I just want to throw this out there. And Sean, I'm curious to hear what you think. But it bothers me a little bit when British people or people in general from another country, not necessarily just British people, try to paint all Americans as dumb. And in this movie, when he spent the entire time in like shitty parts of Texas or wherever else he was and not not in all of america because if you walked around my neighborhood you would not be able to find someone who could give you an opinion like what what he got out of this movie and tries to paint that to like the rest of the world or people in the uk or wherever see that as america that bothers me a little bit yes that is a part of america but that doesn't paint the whole picture so i feel as an american i feel a little um I feel like it's it, it's disingenuous to kind of paint with a broad brush like that. So that bothers me a tiny bit. All of that is to say, like you guys both said, this character 
and Sasha Baron Cohen in this role is like, in, at times, comedic gold. And there mm -hmm. is some stuff in this sequel that is just so funny and so good. Like, I don't want to take that away from it because when we, when I started the movie, when I was watching it, I was laughing like crazy for like the first two and a half minutes. And I, I can't remember specifically how the movie starts and what he says, but I can remember laughing and laughing and laughing and being like, holy shit. Like I, I watched the first Borat movie when it was in theaters in 2006 and I've not seen it since. So I remember it being funny, but I don't remember a lot of the specifics. I'm laughing and I'm laughing as I'm watching this new one and thinking to myself like, oh, now I remember why this is so funny. And then after like a minute and a half, two minutes of pure laughter, I get like a, just, pull, just pulled right back. No laughing, no, like just like one of those cringe moments. I forget what it is in the beginning of the movie, just some moment that I'm like, oh, that's not even, that I can't even laugh at that. So the whole movie is just a combination of that, of like right. yeah. those moments. It's either pure laughter or just pure cringe. Um, and I think, I think as a comedian, he, he, he toes that line pretty well, but he steps over it purposely more times than he needs to. Um, but all in all, I did like the movie. I really, I had a fun time with it. I, I finished watching it and I thought to myself too, though, I thought like, wow, it was like, I really like did enjoy it. I got a lot of laughs out of it. It was cringeworthy, but then I think back to the original Borat and that was cringeworthy. So what do you expect? But I also had in my head, like, no part of me really cares to rewatch this movie. So, right. like, on a, as far as, a, like, on a film standpoint, there's not really a part of me that's like, this is a great piece of film. It just felt more like a moment in pop culture, more than anything. Whereas I think the first one, and maybe it's because it was 14 years ago, I do want to go back and rewatch the first one. But I don't know that I feel that so much with this one. And this one felt more like a YouTube video, a, a spinoff, something that was released for the time, not so much as it was like a, a, an actual film that came out. Yeah, it felt like one of these COVID specials yeah. that people are doing. Like, we're going to revisit this character for the times we're in, for the benefit of the fact there's election coming up. It felt a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, it, like I said before, if you go back now, you know, liking Borat if you go back and watch the original Borat sketches from the allergy show yeah they hold up really well and they're so, it's very different it's a very different vibe it's less uh, cruel yeah and it's and I'd love to see that just clown kind of like it, it, yeah it is very I different I saw a clip on Twitter in the last couple of weeks that I I don't remember from the first movie so I'm thinking maybe it was from the, the show where it was like some guy teaching him how to like be polite and like how to sip wine or something. I don't know if you ever saw this, Sean. Yeah. But he's yeah. like, and, and so the whole gag is like, the guy's like, you hold the glass like this. And there's a glass on the table and they're trying to get Borat to pick it up. And he's like, and then you sip like this. And Borat's like, oh, okay. And Borat keeps trying to take the glass out of this guy's hand. And they're like, no, 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 your glass is there. And he's like, so get your glass like this. And he's like, oh, like this. And he goes to grab it again. He's like, no, no, no. And it's just this stupid physical comedy that is just so good. And there were moments of that, and I talked about it when we were doing the podcast just now, moments of that in this that I think are so great, but I think they could have done a little bit more with that. Um, yeah. 
like that in of itself is just really, really yeah. good. Like and the I, lipstick moment, that's one that, that was had so me. good. Yeah. It was just so yeah. stupid and it was yes, so funny. Exactly. Especially yep. when you've got real people really reacting and you just do or like the the thing with the dress, with the um with the case for the dress when she comes right. out wearing it and they're like, Oh, it looks so nice. Like just stupid stuff like that is as funny as anything else you can do. Yeah. And the last point, the last point I have is I, I just agree with, you know, what, what we've all said. I do think com- comedically speaking, I think you would have had a longer lasting and a bit of a, uh, uh, a more nuanced um, take of our society had it not been so biased and the bias didn't bother me. It's just that had it not been so biased and had it really, like we said earlier, taken a real, uh, a real look at all sides of America today, I think it would have made a more lasting impact. And I do think it would be a film that we would want to go back and revisit and say, hey, remember 2020? Like right. this movie, as, as cringeworthy as everything yep. else, this, has, this will tell you what life was like in America in those days. It's... it's- Yes, and it, and, uh, it, and it falls short of that. It does itself, I think, a disservice by not by not covering the whole spectrum. Yes, I I I, I can't agree more. And it's it kind of kind of lends to the whole thing we talked about with the Tiger King, where the tragedy wasn't so much about uh, what's her face's husband disappearing, where it was when they show Joe Exotic's guys that worked for him. Yeah. And they're eating fucking Walmart dumpster trash. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the fucking story here. Not all the other shit. The fact that we're in the quote unquote greatest country on the planet and people are eating garbage. That's yeah. the fucking story here. Not, not, not all this, but I, it, like you said, that's where the Borat story kind of fails. Where it should have, and, and Sean pointed it out, it should have gone to a democratic side where they're so far left leaning, where they're basically like, no, let's all just get rid of government and just all live happily and eat flowers. Yeah. And it's like, no, what are you fucking stupid? Can, can you imagine if he'd have got AFC in an interview where he would basically, <laughs> and cause he, and it would work. It so would fucking work. And it he would, could, he would, li- he could lay out, he could like read the communist manifesto. He could just like describe Stalin's fucking Russia to her and be like, yes, this would be a dream. And then we do this. And then, and she would be like, yep. Yep. And let yep, me tell you something. Yep. Let me tell you something. Having grown up in a communist country that would have worked 100% because communism is a utopia. Relatively, not relatively, just, so, totally speaking, communism is a utopia if there's no greed. Mm. But the human condition always brings along greed. Mm. If everybody's happy with, if everybody's happy with having everybody having the same stuff, you have well, a utopia. People are equal. What was it? Uh, I remember in 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 um, in high school we had a couple of kids come from Israel and talk about, and they grew up on a kibbutz and talk about what a kibbutz was. And our teacher, social studies teacher was Mr. Gutnick, as Jewish a New Yorker as you could possibly get with a Jufro and the whole nine yards. And they were talking about all this stuff. And he was like, oh, you're talking about communism. And they're like, what? No, no, there's no communism. He was like, 
you growing up on a kibbutz, everybody shares equally. That's just sheer communism. And they were like, they were freaking out. The two kids, they were like, no, no, communism is the worst. And it's like, he's like, no, this is, this is exactly what you're talking about. If everybody's sharing equally, that's what communism is. And they could not fucking reconcile the two. And it was just like, no, this is what it is. Communism is a utopia, but everybody shares equally, like Star Trek. And this is what always kills me. You have all these fucking conservative people, like fans of Star Trek. It's like, this is a communist utopia, Star Trek is. There's no wealth. You don't have to worry about how rich you are. Everybody has everything they need. You have food. You have medical care. Everything is taken care of. This is what communism is. You're just fucking missing it. And everyone, oh, no, it's not. No, 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 no. It's, it's, mm, what is it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it completely, yeah. And that, it, it, exactly right. They would completely, and it, and to that point, exactly, I think the reason, I think the main, the, the only reason he didn't do any of that on the other side, mocking the left, and which makes it worse in my opinion, especially for him as a legitimate comedian or satirist, because right. as an actor, I get it, is fear. In the end, the reason he didn't do the other side mm-hmm. is fear. Right. It stinks of fear that he's worried that if he, well, it may not be him, it may have been the production company, it may have been his wife, it may have been the people surrounding him, they would said like you will not work again in hollywood yeah if yep. you make the democrats look like a joke and yep. then yep. we lose the fucking election yep. you will never work again and oh, that f- is fear and that is weak and that is kind of shameful if you you know integrity as a comedian or a satirist and and, and it, truth be told from opinion wise if that happened and he went after the Democrats, and we lost, he would be thrown as a scapegoat. Because like I said, they're already printing articles about SNL and Jim Carrey fucking making fun of Biden. It's like, how could you not make fun of Biden? It's, it, it's, it's silly not to make fun of Biden. Yeah. SNL you know? does that forever, too. That's just what they do. Anyway. But, yeah. All right. But no, All right, I, James, I... Elijah Craig, how are we doing? Ooh, baby. What are we talking about? Our straight Kentucky bourbon whiskey, American as can be. 94, yeah, 94 proof, 1789 small batch. I think it's delicious after that initial. uh, 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 uh. (laughs) Sounds like you're struggling with the words a little bit there, Tomo. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you said whiskey instead of (laughs) whiskey. Straight Kentucky bourbon whiskey. <laughs> loves it, baby. I will go first since these young ingrates have no respect for their elders. Um, <laughs> initially, I have to say, I felt a lot worse about this than now. <laughs> Truth be told, this was a fresh bottle when I opened it. So now it's here. However, the um, 94 proof kind of kicks you in the teeth right away. But the finish is really smooth. It's really 
I want to say like vanilla toasty notes that are just really, really, really just nice. This drink makes you feel like you're in front of a fireplace, even if you're not. Beauty bourbon. That's, that's what this drink feels like. And we talked about it beforehand when we we're trying to think of a purely American drink to get. And we were talking about the Elijah Craig and, and Sean brought up the uh, toasted barrels. That's a $115 bottle. If Elijah Craig would love to send us a bottle to sample amongst the three of us, we'd be more than happy to accept it. But right now we're just going with the 1789. That's the regular batch. Small batch, baby. Small batch. Um, I give this drink smooth, great finish, um, a bit of a kick. And again, I'm coherent three hours into this freaking podcast after having almost half of this bloody bottle. Um, <laughs> I will say... <laughs> COVID is weird. <laughs> don't listen to the young punks because they don't know their booze. Um, I will give this Elijah Craig Small Batch 1789 Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. A 4-2. Four to I say. Gents, who's going next? Let's go to Andrew since he's the uh, bourbon connoisseur amongst us. All right. Um, I, I second a lot of what you said. This is a great bourbon. And like I said, when we started this podcast, um, I've, I've had many bourbons. I really have, but I've never had the Elijah Craig. And the Elijah Craig is... It's not an obscure brand. It's, it's pretty well known. So it's actually strange that I haven't had it. And I'm glad and, that I finally did. And in fact, they say that Elijah Craig is the inventor of bourbon. Okay. Or, or at the very least, they say he's the father of bourbon. Well, God bless him. Because we love our bourbon here. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Um, you know... You guys know this. I just said this a second ago. I'm a big bourbon fan. Never had this before. I really liked it. Um, I think it's got a lot going on. There's plenty of different notes and different flavors as you drink it. It has a really smooth finish. Um, one thing I, I personally like, like a smoky, oaky, kind of strong bourbon. And this has all of that. But then it ends, your finish is really smooth. It doesn't necessarily bite you back at the end. So that's, I think is really great. Um, I, I'm a little biased because bourbon is my favorite drink. So when we rate anything, if we're drinking a good bourbon, it's gonna rate higher than anything else we drink, it just will. Um, and my go-to bourbon is Wild Turkey 101, as you guys know. And when mm -hmm. we rated that on the podcast, I gave that a 4.5. Oh, yes. If you remember. and if I, I don't remember, but okay. I did. I gave it a 4.5, and I, I, I love my Wild Turkey 101 um, for all the reasons I'm sure I said on that podcast. If I'm being completely and totally objective and not biased about my love for Wild Turkey 101, the Elijah Craig is definitely as good 
The 101 obviously is 101 proof, so it's a little bit stronger. So it has a little bit more bite to it, which I do like. But every once in a while, you don't want all that bite. So if I gave the Wild Turkey 101 a 4.5, then I have to give the Elijah Craig also 4.5. Ooh, okay. All right, fair enough. Shonifer? Uh, what do we think, Shonifer? You're not a... You're not a whiskey or bourbon guy. Which uh, bourbon yeah. I understand, but whiskey, you Irish prat. Why well, less, less we knew you were having flashbacks to your younger days. So I, well, I'm curious to know how true. that played out for you. This is true. I've, uh, yeah, I've been converted to whiskey, or I should say, you know, regular whiskey. I, I've certainly found my way in there. But Tell them or do, would it be? Mm. <laughs> would but, it be tell them or do? <laughs> This is racist, and I'm not going to put up with any more. No, it's not racist. It's not racist. My whole life. My whole life. This is one white prick talking to another (laughs) white prick. There's nothing racist about this. Um, Yeah, this... This is probably one of the, this is probably got to be one of the biggest differences of drinks that, that I can think of on the show because while you have all been drinking your way through the bottle, this is the same glass I poured. <laughs> I have had like that much, Elijah Craig. Uh, I like I said at the beginning, I appreciate the smooth finish. I I got that, and if. If if the smooth finish was there and that was all I could have, that would be absolutely fine. But the the, the initial bite, the initial hook of this thing is like just brings back every time I try it. And I t- I'll try the little tip. I'd be like, mm-hmm. and I didn't rush to get ice. Maybe if I used ice, it would be a little bit better. A little bit of water might null that a little bit. It would be interesting to do. But neat because i usually like to have anything neat because i want to try and see what it should be like um but every sip i take just tastes like a mouth full of vomit (laughs) i just i just like i feel like i'm heaving (laughs) i just i'm brought back to just that feeling of talking to a girl that talking to a girl who I'm not attracted to like four hours ago and I've, I've barely spoken to in like one geography class, but I'm in front of her now and my mouth is sort of half full of sick. And she's like, it's like, yeah, I thought you don't like me. You don't talk to me. And I'm just like, yeah, well, I guess I just was too nervous to talk to you in the past. Oh my God. I I think you're actually pretty. I think you're pretty good looking. Shut up. Just shut up and get back to the drink. Just shut (laughs) up and get back to the drink. (laughs) That's what it's taking me back to. All those girls that had one night where I lied to their face about how I thought that they were attractive. Oh my God. Because of Jack Daniels. Um, Uh. That's what it's taking me back to. So... Um, so for me, this it's almost unmarkable. I, I I feel bad giving it a bad mark because oh. I'm, un, I'm understanding that it's not its fault. It's my fault. It's not. Okay. It's not. It, it's not him. It's me. Because um, fair enough. So I I don't know. I feel like I just have to like na this because I feel I feel bad because it's really undrinkable for me. But that's wow. Undrinkable. Right now, like I said, 0. I, 0. 
if I did something, I don't know. If I did, like, if I added some, give him a disqualified. Or... He's disqualified. A zero yeah. point zero. You're giving it a zero point zero. You're giving it the worst drink ever. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to. I mean, we said NA, not applicable. Technically, no, 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 no. There's no fucking pussy out of this. Yeah, no. technically, JD. I, technically, JD, Jack Daniels would be worse because that was the very drink that this is making me think of. Okay. So, um, so I guess it's better than that because it's not that. Okay. So I guess I say it's a 0.7. <laughs> wow. Wait a minute. Okay, so... Let me just point out what a fucking communist son of a bitch this show <laughs> is. Wow. A oh. Kentucky bourbon whiskey, and he's giving it a 0.7. Just the, th- the stupid fucking Americans in here. There you go. See how that tastes. See how you like it. Just another British guy showing you up for the joke as you all are. I like you can't handle. You can't handle bourbon. You British. Uh, it's you, not good. Ah, it tastes like fire piss. US of A. Why you taste right. like uh, You know what? That's why, that's why this show is what it is. And you have reasonable, reasonable people on the show. The <laughs> last time we had a rating this low on the show, if I'm if my my guesstimate is correct. Looking at the sheet you put together, Tomo, was when I guessed it on the show several years ago and we drank Bud Light uh, and Coors Light. No, technically, I think it was when our friends Amy and Angela were on the show and we had fruit wine, which was god-awful. Oh, yeah? And, um, oh, let's see. I believe... Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, we had a 0.3. 0.3? Yeah. What the we, shit? Oh, I don't, we oh. had a 0.3. It, is it oh. on the list? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Episode 10. I, 0.3. Episode 10. It was a blueberry wine. It was got awful. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was pretty much in agreement with that. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. But 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 when I guessed it years ago, it was still after that. Yes. Yeah. So I was okay. Yeah. So I'm not totally off here. Yeah. All right. So there we go, folks. So we got a 4.2 and a 4.5 and a communist 0.7. I would drink a gallon of Bud Light. Over. No. 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 Wait. Wait. Sorry. Sorry, guys. We we missed something. We missed something. We always do as regular listeners will know. We do a, a fuck that guy section. Yes, so for yes. tonight's show, yes. fuck that guy is, is right Sean Quigley, a.k.a. Sean the Quig. Fuck the Quig. For we- taking this amazing bourbon and giving it that and, and saying all that he's How could he fucking give that a so fuck zero guy. seven? Love you, you Sean, know what? but yeah. fuck that guy. You know, fuck that guy. I have to agree with Andrew. Uh, my fuck that guy category this week is this fucking middle-aged pudgy motherfucker from England that <laughs> desires Irishman. 
Fuck him. Who fucking goes off and says he drinks Bud Light rather than this. Fuck him. The rating, the rating was one thing, but once you brought Bud Light into it, no, yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Thank you, Andrew, for bringing that back up again. <laughs> All right, folks. There we go. That's episode 87. We have Borat. We have Andrew. We have the Quig. And we have fuck that Quig. And good night, folks. <laughs> <laughs>